I didn't think there'd be vampires on campus. We must have been at about 40,000 feet when it happened. <gasps> what was that? You are the Slayer. One girl in all the world. Did anybody say that? Yeah. Guess what? I feel better. Guys, where are we? What's up? Hi, Pat. What's up? How's it going? <laughs> it's going pretty good. Yeah? Yeah, I'm excited to talk about Buffy today. It's cold out. That's what I can say. Do you not have heat in your house or something? No, no, I have heat. It's just so cold. And my home office like, is down here in the basement. Yeah. That you don't have heat it, down there? I do. I got a little space heater down here by my ankles. And I mm. have it running around the clock. And it jacks up my electricity price by about $100 a month. Oh, damn. Really? Yeah. yeah. Well, I yeah. guess because you're doing, yeah, if you're running it all day because you're working um, yeah. from home. Exactly. Wow. I, I gots to, man. Me and my thin skin. I'm getting old and cold. You know what I'm saying? Wow. That's <laughs> rough, buddy. <laughs> yeah. And in other news, I got to the bottom of this Amazon vs. Hulu thing. Okay. What are your thoughts? I feel like I've learned a little bit more too, but obviously you're going to know way more technical hoo-ha than me. <laughs> okay. Well, buckle up because some technical hoo-ha about to get slung your way, Sammy Joe. So, All right. I'm buckled. I really buckled in last night to fire up Amazon Prime, and I was real mm -hmm. excited about this promise of newfangled, high def. Something tells me you were going to be disappointed. <laughs> Picture resolution. <laughs> and uh, I got to say, I was not impressed. Oh. It was clearly punched in to a 16 yeah, by 9 I ratio. And I realized that in this episode. The I resolution think. was very low, and there seemed to be some sort of smoothing happening, and mm. the pixels were like 12 pixels wide. And on an 80 inch screen, my wife and I were like, What is this? <laughs> this looks really bad. So, oh, 80 inch screen. Wow. <laughs> so we, Are you overcompensating for something, Pat? <laughs> yeah, actually, I watch on my iPhone. <laughs> 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 Probably best to watch Buffy on your iPhone. That's how it was meant to be viewed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, needless to say, we switched immediately back to Hulu and watched it in its original aspect ratio, which is four by three. Sorry about that. <laughs> it looks good from far away. <laughs> well, maybe you should consider putting your couch further back from your TV. Mm, no you can know? do. I got to feel like I'm in the show. You know what I'm You're saying? You're going to blast your eyeballs out. I got to blast my eyeballs out. That's what I say every time <laughs> I go You'll to watch my shows. blast your eyeballs out, kid. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, Amy, are you ready to blast your eyeballs out? She's like, let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we get all pumped up. <laughs> well, we it tried. It was worth a shot, though. So I have I have a game that I would like for us to play. Ooh, games? Yes. Fun. And you, it's probably not one that you're going to have answers to today. Uh-huh. But maybe you've already thought about this. I don't know. Sounds like an elaborate game. Not really. <laughs> <laughs> My sister-in-law texted me to ask, well, she actually was like, hey, I just want you to know that I picked you um, to be on the island with me in the Lost game. And I was like, what? <laughs> mm -hmm. And she was like, she was like, we played, you know, that, that game that's like inspired by Lost where you have to pick three family members and three friends to be with you. Like if you were stuck on the Lost Island, 
who are the three family members and three friends that you would bring with you. So next time we record, you have to come back and tell me three family members and three friends that you would bring with you. Mm. But I'm also going to put a spin on it. Okay. That you can, we're going to do an alternate version where you can also pick six fictional characters, but they can't be superheroes or have special Oh, that's way more fun. I'd rather do that than friends and family. (laughs) Well, we got to do both. Ah, come on. For the listeners, we just got to do the fictional ones because they don't know our friends and family. Let's let's just do the fictional ones. All right, cool. Let's do it right now. Come on, let's do it right now. Fictional, on the spot. Let's do it live. Really? Yeah. Well, I already know mine. I've I've actually sat down and thought about it. Oh, really? But you can't yeah. do superheroes. Can't do superheroes. No so superpowers. Can't, can't. Yeah. So like, okay. it can't be like Batman or you know anybody like that. Okay. Six fictional characters. All right. Yes. Let's do tit for tat. So you say one, and then I will say my first, and then we'll go back and forth. Number one. Number one pick. Katniss Everdeen. Mm, that's a really good pick. Yep. She can hunt. She knows plants and stuff. Yep. She also is like a little bit cuckoo. So it can't be like later in the series, Katniss Everdeen. Yeah. Like I'm thinking, I'm thinking like book two, Katniss Everdeen. Okay. My first pick would be John Rambo. That's a good pick. Yeah. Because he knows his stuff and he can survive. My number two pick, Ron Swanson. Yeah. Because he basically knows everything. That's true. <laughs> You've got a guy who can hunt, a guy who can probably dress animals, right? Is that what they call it? Dressing them? Even though to me that like sounds like put you're, clothes you're putting on clothes on animals. <laughs> <laughs> he can fish. Yeah. He can make stuff out of wood. He can cook and all this stuff. So Ron Swanson. Okay. Question. Does the Terminator count as a superhero? Probably yes. not. Terminator's definitely you can't, it can't be like robot or anything like that. He's he's he has special powers. They can't have special powers. Okay, fine. I guess I won't choose the Terminator for my number two. Let's go with John Wick because if any <laughs> if any like others show up and it you know if there's a fight to be had, I got John Wick on my side. You know, yeah. Along with John yeah. Rambo, boy, I got two Johns so far. You got two Johns. Yeah, I'm gonna have to start to <laughs> diversify pretty soon here. Okay, go ahead. Um, my next pick is Hermione Granger, and she she will not be able to come with a a wand because that would be like a special power Mm -hmm. but she's super knowledgeable very very book smart and i feel like she could probably figure out how to make a wand while on the island yeah but no magic what are you gonna do with a wand with no magic maybe she could figure out how to break through she's like but either way she's a good pick and you're like this doesn't work here hermione you whittled that thing out of that branch we could have used for a raft Never know. I just feel like if anyone can break through, we're gonna have to the... vote Hermione Granger off the island. She's not. <laughs> she's just whittling wands that don't do anything. <laughs> she's still really smart. <laughs> Number three, I'm gonna go Jack Shepard because he's a doctor. No, he's... you can't pick anyone from Lost. What? What do you mean? Sorry. Come on. That's a, no. You can't pick anyone from Lost. Keep adding more, <laughs> more rules. <laughs> yeah. <gasps> Sorry, I should have said that from the beginning. No lost characters? Nope, no lost characters. Boy. Too easy. My next one is going to be Sun. <sighs> I don't know if I can do... How many do I got? Two? I got to do four more? Yeah. Yikes. I don't even remember what you've said so far. John, John. Rambo and John Wick. Yeah. 
So two Johns. I, Can you think of four more Johns? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I'm all set with like the security now. Like with John Wick and John Rambo, like I'm good. So I'm, I'm Here's all how set you here. got to think about what are the roles you need on an island? Like what are the what are people's yeah, roles? Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm thinking of. You can use some of mine. Yeah, your Katniss Everdeen one is really good. I know. Dave took her too. All right, fine. I'll steal Katniss Everdeen from you. <laughs> <laughs> My next one is Kaylee Fry from Firefly. Yeah. So you wouldn't know her. Don't know her. But she is a mechanic. Indiana Jones. Oh, boy. Yeah. Because you know what? He would be able to figure out like some of the island's mysterious stuff with the, you know, any artifacts. Just keep him away from snakes. Uh, I've got Claire from Outlander. So not only was she a nurse in. World War II, but she also came back and became a doctor and knows a shit ton of herbalism. Hmm. So she like went back in time and invented penicillin. Next, I'm going to go Dwight Schrute. Oh my God. (laughs) What? Why? Because I I feel like he would be like as a good farmhand. Bears, beets, Battlestar Galactica. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) He would be good for like just manning the farm. I'd make him like sheriff and also just in charge of the farm and who he would just, you know, farm stuff and rock in his rocking chair all day. Okay. My number six is Lee Pace. I'm trying to decide if I want Lee Pace from Halt and Catch Fire, where at least he's got some like technical knowledge or Lee Pace from Pushing Daisies. But either way, Lee Pace, this is purely a sexual pick. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so he'd just be like your island boy toy? Uh, yeah. But Katniss Everdeen is there. I know. I, d- believe me, I've you thought about some... this. <laughs> Definitely competition. Got I don't some think competition. I can win. So I have to find a way to trick him into loving me, yeah. I think. Number six. You know what? We're going to need some sort of comfort. On the island. So I'm going to go Martha Stewart. (laughs) (laughs) That bitch can make a quilt from anything. (laughs) She can make a quilt from anything. She could also probably make a really mean apple streusel just on a drop (laughs) of a hat. But because we're on an island, it'd be like a guava pineapple streusel and we'd all love it. Yeah, Banana streusel. Yeah. And she'd be like, oh, good morning, John Rambo. Hello. Hello. Mrs. Doubtfire. (laughs) Yeah, I'm making her to be more like, uh, what's her name? Julia. Julia Childs. Julia Childs, yeah. Maybe that's who I should pick. Yeah. Julia Childs. Yeah. Or you know what? I'll just, this is who I'll pick. Meryl Streep, and then she can be all of them all at once because she could play (laughs) any role. That was another conversation Dave and I had. We were like, okay, if we could pick one at, like, just have one actor but they can be all of their roles yeah who would it be meryl streep she does everything okay cool we got through that took took a while but that was i mean that's why i was thinking that we wouldn't do it right now but yeah i don't don't like homework you know let's do it yeah (laughs) well i do have one correction last episode towards the end when Mm -hmm. we were talking about um introducing spike to the show and how awesome that was and how that was like our favorite moment yep I accidentally said that Spike is very sweet to Darla, and I meant to say Drusilla. Yeah, Darla's dead. Too many, (laughs) you know, too many lady vamps with D names. Right. Drusilla, Darla, they're all lady vamps with a D name. All right. Let's get in to Buffy. (laughs) 
season two, episode four of Buffy, Inca Mummy Girl. And the original air date was October 6th, 1997. It was written by Matt Keen and Joel Rankemeyer and directed by Ellen S. Pressman. I think whoever is titling these shows is a caveman. (laughs) Inca Mummy Girl. Like lost titles, I feel like are pretty inventive most of the time. Mm, right special okay special hearts and minds special wasn't a great one i'll give you that <laughs> hearts and minds whatever the bad. case may be okay yeah you know what it hasn't been great lately <laughs> i don't know so your predictions from last episode was there's going to be some tension between angel and spike you think that something's going to happen where buffy has an intimate encounter with spike and be torn between angel and spike oh a big thing has happened in this episode, which is sort of tor- torn up my next prediction here. Go ahead. Keep going. <laughs> yeah. So basically, you said Spike is the hot bad boy. Angel's the hot good boy. It's going to take a while, but eventually there's going to be this triangle and Buffy's got to choose. Uh, that still might happen. So your next prediction, mm-hmm. which wasn't really about the show per se, but more about my personality, was that... <laughs> You thought that I was Team Spike and not so much Team Spike in terms of wanting Buffy to be with Spike, but that you thought that I was a Spike because I had said early on, you kind of made a similar prediction about Angel. And I had said earlier on that I'm not really an Angel girl. Right. So you thought that I was a Spike girl. And we'll get into that later. Oh, man. Do I got. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, That's why I was excited for this episode. I got had. I did not see this one coming. I know. You don't know how hard it was for me to keep my mouth shut about this. I am so surprised you didn't leaky bucket this detail at all. Oh, Pat, you have no idea. I'm proud of you. This is a big moment. Thank you so much. Thank you. Most people listening are probably being like, what are they even talking about? We're going to get into it. We'll get into it. Keep listening. Okay. Okay. You also said the chief of police and Snyder know about this hellmouth business. So they might be in cahoots with the FBI. You definitely think that there's more to the story with the people in power. Something's Um, up. Something's up. They're keeping an eye on it. Or they belong to some sort of government club in which they're fostering Invisigirls to be assassins. Um, And Snyder is feeding, quote, assets to the government (laughs) like Invisigirl and in exchange, he's getting government checks. <laughs> he, he said he's living high on the hog. Yeah, he is. <laughs> Clearly. Uh, Snyder's so a weasel, man. Those were your predictions. And really, none of those come up in this at all. No. Except for the second one, which we'll get to. Right. So, it's another school field trip for the Scooby gang. Here we go. Field Here trips. Here we go. Those don't and end this time, well. This time they're going to the Sunnydale Natural History Museum. Buffy is telling Willow and Xander that Mrs. Summers has decided to take on an exchange student, which she's not really thrilled about. Buffy isn't. And then Cordelia, however, is very excited about her 100% Swedish, 100% gorgeous exchange student Sven from Sweden. Xander is not excited to find out that Buffy's exchange student is a guy. So they're inside the museum and they spot fellow student Rodney Munson, who is described by Xander as God's gift to the bell curve, scraping a mask because why not? Like he's like chipping paint off of a mask. Yeah. I'm like, first of all, where are the museum folk that run this place? And why aren't they shutting down Rodney Munson's hijinks? 
Yeah, I don't Second know. Second of all, Rodney, come on, man. What are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing, buddy? <laughs> yeah. So Buffy tries to approach and she's like, I think we should use a nonviolent approach here. So Willow approaches Rodney and she's kind of like, hey, buddy, you know, I don't, I don't think you should be doing that. You probably could get in trouble. Ooh, um, and Rodney's growling while he's carving. <laughs> Yeah, well, because like a student tries to come up to him and he like growls at him. But then Willow comes up and she's like, hey, Rodney, I don't think you should be doing that. And then he's like much nicer to her. And she asks if they're still on for their chemistry tutorial tomorrow. And, you know, he says yes. So then a museum guide enters telling the students to proceed into the ink and burial chamber because the human sacrifice is about to begin. So they move into the Incan burial chamber and he tells them 500 years ago, the Incan people chose a beautiful teenage girl to become their princess. The Incan people sacrificed their princess to the mountain god Semenkaya, I'm probably pronouncing that incorrectly, an offering buried alive for eternity in this dark tomb. The princess remained there protected only by a cursed seal placed there and he points to this kind of plate looking thing in the mummy's hands yeah i called it a plate for half of this episode until they started calling it a seal and i was like oh right that's probably what it is it's a seal yeah well they were calling it seal very early yeah on. i know so. i didn't i didn't catch it but it does beginning. look like a plate it looks yeah. like a fancy plate i was like big nice dinner roll plate <laughs> so you put the dinner rolls on when you have <laughs> yeah. fancy guests over <laughs> so he said the seal was placed there as a warning to any who would wake her pretty gross looking mummy yeah pretty so, dried up yeah, I was not a fan of watching this while eating. Yeah, even like the um, the thumbnail for the show, I was like, yeah, <laughs> I was like, pretty click, gross. click, click, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Inca mummy girl, hello, <laughs> hello. <laughs> so they exit the room, but then later on, Rodney comes back by himself and tries to steal the seal, but it seems to be pretty firmly in place in the mummy's hands, and it breaks on the side of her tomb when he finally like wrestles it away from her cold dead. He broke the seal, some would say. (laughs) He broke the seal. Um, Then he leans back in to get it, and the mummy's hands reach up and choke him. And then we get the intro. Mm -hmm. And then back from the intro, Buffy and Giles are sparring in the library with Xander sort of like wincing in the background. I thought that was really funny when it cuts to like Xander's close up. He's like, duh, duh. Yeah. (laughs) And Buffy wants to go to the world culture dance. And of course, Giles is telling her that she shouldn't. Buffy goes, oh, I know this one. Slang entails certain sacrifices, blah, 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 blah. I'm so stuffy. Give me a scone. And Giles (laughs) says, it's like it's as if you know me. (laughs) Xander says that he can borrow his mom's car for the night so he can be wheel man for the dance. Um, And Buffy says that she thought he was taking Willow, but Xander clarifies that they're going together, but not together as in a date. You know, Buffy coming with them makes it three, which is safe. Willow starts to enter the library unseen by both Buffy and Xander. And Buffy is kind of like finding it hard to believe that Xander has never thought about Willow in a date capacity way. So Xander says, Buffy, I love Willow and she's my best friend, which makes her not the kind of girl who I think about her lips that much. She's the kind of girl that I'm best friends with. Yeah. And of course, we see Willow in the background crushed. Yeah. How many times is this going to happen to Willow? I don't know, but I hate How much more abuse can she take, this girl? (laughs) (laughs) But I think there's light at the end of the tunnel here. Perhaps. Mm. Willow is crushed, but she kind of like 
comes into the scene bravely moving on, announcing herself, and then informing them that Rodney is missing, that he never got home last night. And Buffy and Willow both say that they don't remember seeing him on the bus back from the museum. Is anybody missing Rodney, though? (laughs) Do we have to really look into it that deep? (laughs) He was growling at the people who were asking him to maybe stop carving up an ancient mask. Yeah, and he thought there was only 14 natural elements, so, you know... Is anybody missing Rodney? I mean, I guess his parents are. Yeah, I guess if you're Rodney's parents, you're going to love him no matter what. Especially if they've only got one. You know, they got to try to make him work. (laughs) We don't know if he has siblings. Right. But even if, you know, even if he did... He's the runt of the litter. (laughs) What if they try to bring him back from the dead and then make him a girlfriend from the dead? You know, I mean, you can't... Yeah, these things go off the rails very quickly. Very quickly. Yeah. (laughs) They go on to joke that maybe Rodney awoke the mummy and it attacked him. Maybe. And then they look at each other and they're like, oh. Oh, (laughs) right. That really could be it. Which I thought was kind of fun because it's like, you know, again, the show being very like self-actualizing. Yeah. So Buffy, Willow, Xander, and Giles trek to the museum, find the seal is broken, but the mummy is still cozy in her coffin. And then a guy comes charging out of nowhere with, I, I wrote a machete, but I think it's just a big, like, dagger of like, sorts. Uh, it kind of looks like a machete. I wrote machete as well. Okay. So he's he got a machete, and he's swinging at Xander, who ducks, and then the guy looks into the coffin, seems surprised. Xander jumps on the guy's back, the guy tosses him off, and then runs away, leaving everyone bewildered. This whole action sequence was so strange and awkward <laughs> and out of the blue. It's just like, he came out of nowhere with a machete, he's like, ha, ha, and then Xander's like, whoa, and then he jumps on his back, and then the guy's like, ah, and throws him off, and he just kind of scampers off. Yeah. And Xander, so they're all like, what just happened? Yeah. And Xander's like, okay, I just saved us, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and then Willow notices that the mummy now has braces. Right. Just like Rodney's. Hey, you know what? It's never too late to straighten up them pearls. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. You talk to any orthodontist. I wouldn't put it past a sleazy orthodontist to be like, hey, you know what? That mummy. This mummy. <laughs> For the museum's sake and for everybody, we should probably get them in a six-month braces, you know, just kind of clean it up, (laughs) tighten it up, you know, get that smile really going. Well, anyway, they make the connection that this is Rodney, that it's not some sleazy orthodontist trying to put braces on everybody, including mummies. Yeah. So back at the library, Giles looks at the large broken piece of the seal that they brought back with them and says that it'll probably take him a few weeks to translate the pictograms on it. And then Buffy realizes that she's late to pick up Empata, her exchange student. Xander says, Buffy, where are your priorities? Tracking down a mummifying killer or making some time for some Latin lover whose stock in trade is the breakage of hearts? Buffy says that Empata's alone and she doesn't know how good his English is, but he's from South America, so maybe he could translate the seal. Hmm. Because, you know, all South Americans learn ancient pictographic right. languages. And that's the first thing you want to do when you get to another country is, hey, why don't you come work for me and come yeah. translate the seal? I you mean, know this guy, you know, right? This mummy. Look at his face. They are exchange teeth. students, so they're supposed to be doing classwork. Yeah, but for your first thing, come on, you gotta you gotta bring him to like some American establishment, like Pizza Hut. Oh boy, and or be like, this is pan pizza with stuffed crust. Welcome to America, <laughs> Sarku Japan. I actually really like Sarku Japan. 
So we cut to the bus station and we see a well-dressed South American man, who we assume is Empata, alone waiting for Buffy when a voice begins to call his name. He seeks it out and the very yucky mummy princess jumps out and kisses him, sucking out his life force. Yeah, mummy smoochies. Nobody likes that. No. Buffy, Willow, and Xander show up. Um, Buffy calls for Empata and Xander says, do we have to speak Spanish when we see him? Because... Because I don't know anything much besides Doritos and Chihuahua. <laughs> Out of the darkness emerges a very beautiful South American woman wearing, I'm assuming she's South American, I don't know. Um, she's from Peru, isn't she? Right. Well, yeah, she's because Peruvian? that's where that's where Empata is supposed to be from. She's wearing boy Empata's clothes and claiming to be Empata. Xander, transfixed by her, says, Ay, caramba. I can, I also, can also say that. Say that. <laughs> <laughs> then we cut to Buffy showing Empata around her house, followed by Xander and Willow. Willow makes the observation, clearly a little bit miffed, that Empata is a girl, so not you're a boy, a girl. <laughs> as they were suspecting. Yeah, yeah, she's like, I have been my whole life or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> I have been for many years now. Um, many, 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 many years. Many years. Buffy asks if Empata has ever been to America, and she says, I was taken to Atlanta, Boston, New York. And then Xander, who has been speaking in very slow English to her, compliments her English as being very bueno. Your English is very bueno. (laughs) Thanks, Xander. And she said, I listened much. And Xander says, well, that works out well because I talk much. And then they laugh. And he's sitting very close to her, too. Yeah, he is. Yeah. And she loves it, though. She loves it. <laughs> she's, she's all into she's it. She's drinking it up. This is Xander's dream girl, you know, except for the whole mummy thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, later, Empata and Buffy are in her room, which I was like, wait a minute. If Empata was a boy, was he going to be sleeping in Buffy's room? Sure, man. Why not? Not on the couch or like they don't have a guest bedroom or something? Empata wouldn't do anything. I don't know. Salt of I... the earth, Empata, the real wow. one. That's a thing where I was like, hmm, my dad would have never allowed that. No. Mm. Well, no. Joyce is pretty progressive. She would have been like, Empata, welcome. Yeah. I trust you. Yeah. Buffy asks Empata what her home was like, and Empata says, cramped and very dead. <laughs> yeah, I love, how says, she, she, I love how she tells the truth yeah. about like what her actual life has been up until yeah. this point. Yeah. But she just sort of talks around it, and yeah. nobody's putting the pieces little, together. Little white lies. There's a point in this episode where I'm like, really? Nobody is seeing this? I know. But we'll get to that. Yeah. So then Buffy says, well, you'll feel right at home in Sunnydale. And Pata says that she doesn't have any friends, that it's just her, um, and she wants Buffy to help her fit in and have a normal life. Then Buffy turns off her lamp for Betty Bye, <laughs> and we cut outside to see the man from the museum with the knife... He doesn't, I don't know if he has a knife because we can't see it, but he was the man with the knife from the museum and he's hiding in the bushes. In the bushes. Looking in through the window. Yeah. Very Sid the dummy. That's true. But he didn't scale up the side of the house. He's too, he's too big for that. Yeah, he he can't do that. He's not as limber as Sid the dummy. Limber. (laughs) Limber. I'm back. And I'm back. (laughs) Next day at Sunnydale High, Cordelia is talking to a James Dean-looking leather jacket-wearing name oh, guy man. named Devin. This guy's so cool. 
I love so this cool. Devin guy. He's got, he's got sunglasses on. Oh, he's man. super cool. He's like the Danny Zuko. Isn't he right leaning here. up against a car too? Like cool car? Uh, he is afterwards. Yeah. This guy's um, yeah. so cool. So so like they start walking down the stairs and then yeah, he got, he leans up against a van that is white and black striped like yeah. a zebra. So Cordelia is telling him that she'll be at the dance tonight, but not as one of his groupies. Mm. Um, Sven, her exchange student, who is handsome, but in a kind of beefy, tall, you know, like Viking or football player sort of way, awkwardly hangs out like kind of away from them. And then he like starts to approach, but Cordelia says, Sven, momento, Nita. <laughs> she looks at Devin and she says, this whole student exchange thing has become a horrible nightmare. They don't even speak American. And then Cordelia lets Devin kiss her on the cheek. And then she walks away, beckoning Sven with her. And then Devin approaches fucking dreamboat <laughs> oz yeah so when seth green shows up in this episode i was like oh my god i was like how did i not see this coming i am so glad you didn't and what's funny is today i was i was listening to the episode of armchair expert mm-hmm. with with seth green because dax shepherd and seth green were in without a paddle together right and um, you listen to this episode monthly no, I listened to it today because I was like, I wonder if he mentions Buffy in it. Mm. And I got most of the way through the episode and they do at some point make like Dax says something about like, yeah, and you were in the TV show and that. But I don't think they actually ever talk about Buffy. Yeah. And this was episode 14 of the podcast. So this was in 2018. So even if you had listened to it, you probably listened to it a long time ago yeah. and you would have even forgotten it anyway. Yep. And I had the Buffy calendar in our office, but like on my side of the office, and right. there was a month that had Seth Green in it. But I, but I was like, I don't think Pat ever noticed that. So I was like, No, I'm I did not pay. Sure he has no idea that <laughs> Seth Green was in the show. No, I didn't pay close enough attention to your calendar. And yeah, I did not see this happening. I have known for years that Seth Green is one of your teenage heartthrobs. You've even mentioned it on this podcast many a times. You never said anything about it. That's why I was like, I feel like he really doesn't know. No, I totally. This was left field. And I was like, my goodness, was I wrong? So now you yeah. know. Now you I always know. ask me. You were always making fun of me. Like, what? I don't understand. Why Seth Green? What? I mean, what? I still don't understand the attraction, oh, but I, I do him. understand where it comes from, and I understand who you were so excited about showing up in the season. Yes. So it's I mean, Seth I was Green. also very excited about Spike. Don't get right. me wrong. I love Spike. You still love Spike, but still love Spike, not but like Seth Green. Not like Seth Green. Not like Oz. Oh my goodness. Ah. <sighs> uh, Cheapers. Okay. Okay. So, Seth Green as Oz. Now you know where my obsession what a cool with name too. From. Oz. I know. Ozzy. Oswaldo. It's amazing. That's cool. Devin approaches Seth Green slash Oz, who is spooling up some amp cables, and he asks him what Oz thinks of Cordelia. Oh, also Oz is the other one who has a pretty terrible goatee. Yes. Um. <laughs> Thankfully, that goes away. And then Oz says, she's a Wonderland tour. Devin gives Oz a hard time asking him what a girl has to do to impress him. And Oz says, well, it involves a feather boa and a theme and the theme to a summer place. I can't discuss it here. Devin says, you're too picky, man. Do you know how many girls you could have? You're a lead guitar, Oz. It's currency. And Oz says, I'm not picky. You're just impressed by any girl that can walk and talk. 
And Devin says, Joe doesn't have to talk. Mm, he's dirtbag men. <laughs> and then we cut to Willow telling Xander, I worked really hard on my costume. It's pretty cool. But Xander's preoccupied thinking about what he can wear that won't be embarrassing. Willow says, Bavarians are cool because they've got to represent a culture. And Xander says, okay, no shirts with ruffles, no hats with feathers, and definitely no lederhosen. They make my calves look fat. Then he gets distracted watching Buffy and Empata approach. Buffy introduces Empata to Giles, who immediately asks if she can <laughs> translate the seal. Empata seems distressed looking at it, and Giles explains that they're trying to translate it for archaeology club as Willow says. Can you impart us some knowledge on us? Oh, there we go. There we go. That's a good one. Yeah. That's a Pat Bohan wit. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't even think about that. That's a good one. Um, And Pata asks where the other pieces are and then says it's very old and valuable. And she suggests that Giles hide it. He points out the pictogram, the chap with the knife. And Pata says she thinks that it means bodyguard. Hmm. Um, She says legend has it that he guards the mummy against those who would disturb her. Buffy says that as club president, archaeology club president, she has a lot of stuff to do and tries to get Empata to spend the day with Willow, but Xander cuts in and volunteers himself instead. And then Willow's eyes follow Xander and Empata out as they leave the library, and Willow's not listening to Giles as he's trying to delegate tasks to her and Buffy. That's where you cue the Charlie Brown sad music. Oh, my God. What? What That's so weird. As we were doing that, um, Zoom popped up and said, are you playing music? (laughs) Oh, I'm so impressed that you would think that that's music. (laughs) Oh, Siri. Wow. Thank you. Oh, my God. (laughs) We are good singers. So good. (laughs) Um, Anyway. Then, uh, yeah, so Willow is like watching them as, as they leave and she's very sad looking and she goes, boy, they really like each other. Mm, yeah. Sad. Hurts Sorry, me. Willow. But your man's a coming, Willow. We, <laughs> hold on a second now. <laughs> right, Don't say right. anything. <laughs> Sorry, getting excited. We fade uh, into outside bleachers that remind me so much of the guys part of Summer Lovin' in Greece. Summer Lovin'. Had me so fast. Summer Lovin'. Had me a blast. That's what I thought high school was going to be. Crazy for me. What is this, Kermit the Frog starts singing? You know what? It didn't ask me this time if I'm playing music. It needs the (laughs) harmony between me and you. But you alone? mm -mm. (laughs) Okay. They're like, are you trying to take out the trash? Maybe we can schedule a pickup for you. Uh, Excuse me, are you trying to clear out your throat? Are you trying to shave your cat? (laughs) Rough, that's rough. (laughs) No, that's if you're shaving your dog. Rough, rough. (laughs) Get out, get out, get right out. (laughs) Anyway... Maybe it's because I just watched Grease, but I was like, those bleachers look just like, this looks just like the scene from Grease. Yeah, classic high school bleachers. Anyway, Xander is trying to show Empata how to eat a Twinkie by shoving the whole thing in his mouth. (laughs) And she's having a great time, just loving his antics. Yeah, she she loves this. Yeah. She calls him strange and Xander says, girls always tell me that right before they run away. And Empata says, I like it. Xander says, I like you like it. And Empata laughs, laughs and then he says, please don't learn from my English. 
Buffy is inspecting the seal under a magnifying lamp while in the library while Willow is distractedly twirling a frog stuffy. Like a beanie baby. Yeah. Buffy tries to get her attention and then Willow goes, oh, yes, I'm caring about mummies. <laughs> <laughs> Buffy goes, and Pata's only staying two weeks. And then Willow says, yeah, and then Xander can find someone else who's not me to obsess about. At least with you, I knew he didn't have a shot. Well, you know, I have a choice. I can spend my life waiting for Xander to go out with every other girl in the world until he notices me, or I can just get on with my life. And Buffy says, good for you. And then Willow says, well, I didn't choose yet. Yeah, I didn't decide. (laughs) (laughs) Then Giles looks at the seal under the magnifying lamp and says, it seems like Rodney's killer might be the mummy. That the seal implies that the mummy is capable of feeding on the life force of a person, effectively freeze-drying them. Mm. He says that they likely will need to continue translating the seal to find and kill the mummy. Then we cut to the knife guy who attacked Xander at the museum, attacking him again on the bleachers, accusing Xander of stealing the seal and demanding to know where it is. When he notices Empata, they lock eyes and he like looks surprised and says, It's you! Xander kicks him off. And he and Empata run away. Then in the library, Giles is serving Empata tea to like help her calm down. And she says that they should destroy the seal. They kind of like roundabout explain that someone else has died, but they don't really give her a lot of detail. And she's like, you, you're not telling me everything. And Xander says, you're right. You know, we're not in an archaeology club. And then Buffy and Giles, Buffy like kind of glares at him and Giles like clears his throat. Do you think he was actually going to Leaky Bucket here? Oh yeah, I think he was. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's trying to he's trying to get with her. That's true. He's all in on him. He's all in. He's like, yeah. we're gonna get married. I might Let as well me just tell her some everything. Knowledge on you. <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah. So then he says we're in a crime club, which is right. kind of like chess club only with crime and no chess. I mean, they are in a crime club. Yeah, I was like, yeah, that's yeah. a pretty good. Co- I mean, it's, it's not just even like, really a cover. That's what it is. <laughs> it's just like vampire crime. Yeah, it's just demon crime. It's a subset of crime. And Pata says the seal must be destroyed and then storms out. Xander goes after her and she tells him their investigation is dangerous and she just wants a normal life. Willow tells Xander that she should take Empata to the dance, as in a date. Buffy and Giles decide to look for the rest of the pieces of the seal at the museum. And then Xander nervously asks Empata to the dance. And Empata is like laughing because she said that it was like he's got to tell her something that's kind of scary. And she says, why was that so scary? And Xander said, well, because you never know if a girl's going to say yes or if she's going to laugh in your face and pull out your still beating heart and crush it into the ground with her heel. Yeah, which is very probable for this mummy girl. She could totally do that. Yeah. And also just Xander has had a lot of rejection. He has. So and he almost says, got eaten. <laughs> yeah. Then she says, hmm, then you are very courageous. And Empata confesses that she likes him too, which Xander can't believe. He asks her if she's a praying mantis. <laughs> <You're> right. <laughs> which, you know, obviously she would just tell him. Right. She's um, like, actually, I am. Oh, actually, man. well, you guessed it. Oh, nuts. nuts. <laughs> I thought this wasn't going to come up, but you asked. So. You know, I can't lie. <laughs> yeah. Let me show you some eggs. I'm not going to take the bait. She goes to the girl's bathroom to put on lipstick and knife guy appears right beside behind her. She begs him not to kill her. And he says, you're already dead for 500 years. 
And she says, but it was not fair. I was innocent. And he says, the people you kill now that, so that you may live, they are innocent. She says, please, I am in love. And the bodyguard says, you are the chosen one. You must die. You have no choice. <laughs> this is also ridiculous. Like <laughs> hearing the, the dialogue back it's to so me, silly. it's so silly. I know. This is a, <laughs> if it weren't for Oz, this would be a poop episode. Yeah, I agree. I mean, like, it's not bad. It's, it's not fine. horrible, but it's, yeah. I do wish we got more Rodney Munson before he died. Yeah. I wanted a whole growling. episode about Rodney. Yeah, well, you know, maybe. You no. can make a prediction. No, he's not coming back. He's just like all the others. They all go away. <laughs> Lost in the ether. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the bodyguard says, you are the chosen one. You must die. You have no choice, which sounds awfully familiar, I think. Mm. He swings at her with his knife, but she grabs his arm, twists it, then kisses the life out of him. Oh, and not in yeah. a good way. Mummy smoochies once again. Yep. She emerges from the bathroom with super dark red lips, mm. telling Xander she will gladly go to the dance with him. Self-flushed. Then in Buffy's bedroom, Empata, now dressed in a beautiful princessy dress, asks to borrow lipstick as Buffy begins to unpack Empata's things that were sent from the bus station. And Pata tells her not to worry about unpacking, that she'll do it later, that Buffy needs to get ready for the dance. Um, so Buffy tells her that she's not going to the dance, that she's got crime club stuff to do. And then she suggests Empata wear a gold lipstick instead of the one that she had held up. Mm-hmm. And Empata says, thank you. You are always thinking of others before yourself. You remind me of someone from very long ago, the Inca princess. They told her that she was the only one, that only she could defend her people from the netherworld. And then Buffy starts unpacking Ampata's trunk while her back is turned and she pulls out a pair of boys' briefs and then looks at them in confusion. <laughs> and then It has like Ampata, a pattern on it too, doesn't it? Yeah. Then Ampata says, out of all the girls in her generation, um, and then Buffy looks over at Ampata and she sees that she's about to open the drawer. She's like starting to open the drawer where Buffy keeps her Slayer stuff. So Mm. Buffy like rushes over and Empata says, she was the only one. And Buffy says, chosen. And Empata looks at Buffy and she says, do you know the story? Buffy says, it's fairly familiar. And then hands her the lipstick. Yeah. And Empata says, she was 16 like us. She was offered as a sacrifice and went to her death. Who knows what she had to give up to fulfill her duty to others? What chance at love? Buffy offers to unpack Empata's stuff again, and she begins to open a trunk in which we, as the viewers, can see that there's a dead body in it. Yeah, there's a mummy body in there. Yeah, but Buffy doesn't see it. Buffy, like, she's like, starts to open the trunk, and then she turns and closes it because she can hear the door. She goes down to answer the door and opens it for Xander, who is dressed as a cowboy. Not just any cowboy. What cowboy, Pat? Clint Eastwood as the man with no name from the Sergio Leone movies. That was one of my trivia pieces, but I had a feeling you would get it because... Oh, everybody knows this. Well, I didn't. You just watched this movie. You just watched The Good, The Bad, The Ugly, of which he plays that character. Yeah, I got it now, but I never knew watching this before. Oh, before, but you knew it now. Yeah. Well, yeah. I when I saw him, I was like, oh, that's very Clint Eastwood. Like, he must be Clint Eastwood. Yeah. With the, a with Clint the... Eastwood specific cowboy. And then yeah. I read the trivia and it said the man with, with a no cigarillo name. in his mouth. Yeah. In the hat. Yeah. Yeah. It was Old great. Old spaghetti western. And he says, I'm from the country of Leone, which is the director, Sergio Leone. 
Yes. Yeah. So he says, I'm from the country of Leone. It's in Italy, pretending to be Montana. (laughs) (laughs) And then he looks up at Buffy and he says, where are you from? The country of white trash? Because she's wearing like overalls and a white (laughs) (laughs) t-shirt. Which I was like, ouch, Sandra. Yeah, ouch. Everybody's wearing uh, overalls in this episode too. Willow wore them at one point as well. Oh, yeah. You're right. That's fine. It was in vogue. Yeah. So then uh, Buffy tells Xander that she's not going to the dance. And then Xander turns into a gibbering fool as Empata comes down the stairs. <laughs> and Buffy translates for him, um, telling Empata that Xander thinks that she's beautiful. And then he responds with, Huzzah. <laughs> she says, you're welcome. <laughs> Uh, so then Xander and Pata leave for the dance. And at the dance, Dingo's Ate My Baby are playing, which is the shirt I'm wearing. <laughs> I know. I saw the shirt right away. I was like, of course. This is a new t-shirt. Yeah, I noticed it right away. I was like, this has got to be a Dingo's Ate My Baby <laughs> shirt because <laughs> there's no way that Sammy does not have a shirt. I didn't until like a couple months ago. Oh, really? You just got yeah, it, huh? I just got it. Wow. But I was like, I can't I can't wear this yet. Can't wear this yet. Can't wear this yet. There, if you I had worn that, there's that no way I would have so gotten that. I would have I, I would have questioned it. That's that would have been the problem, I guess. Yeah, you probably would have been like, "What is that shirt?" Maybe, maybe not. I don't know, but I couldn't take that chance. You couldn't roll the dice you on that. Take that <laughs> chance. So yes, their band is called Dingoes Ate My Baby, and Devin is the frontman slash singer, and there's Oz on guitar. Cordelia waltzes in in a hula girl attire. Uh, she spots Willow and says, oh, near faux pas. I almost wore the same thing. And we see Willow <laughs> looking freaking adorable. Ah, uh, she looks great. As an Eskimo. Oh, my God. She's yeah. so fucking cute. And she's um, uh, very authentic looking, too. Very like, that authentic. Is a she's got a little spear. Costume. Yeah. She's so cute. It's not mailed in whatsoever. No. She did say that she spent a lot of time on her costume, and it was no very kidding. cool. And looks she. Great. Looks awesome. Cordelia leaves uh, Willow to find her friends, and then she tells them that she's trying to ditch Sven, her foreign exchange student. She says, he's like one of those dogs that you leave at the Grand Canyon on vacation. It follows you back across four states, which I was like, excuse me? Is this a fucking thing? People (laughs) just go and drop their dogs off at the Grand Canyon? Is it? I don't know, but I was so distressed (laughs) that I was like, I gotta go to fucking go to the grand canyon and save all these dogs wow that'd be a great documentary great documentary oh (gasps) you sly dog you (laughs) i'd be the new dog dog the bounty hunter (laughs) i'd be the dog sammy the dog hunter (laughs) oh my god yeah it would turn into a reality tv show and i would just have like a farm with Hundreds of dogs Hundreds that I've rescued. Dogs. Yeah, all Grand Canyon, Canyon. dogs. Yeah. So real quick, Cordelia wearing this Hawaiian garb that she's wearing. Yeah. I swear mm-hmm. she's worn this before in a previous episode. Am I wrong about that? Mm, yeah. Cordelia would never wear the same thing twice. I Patrick. guess so. But I, I was like, boy, this seems so familiar. Like I've seen her in this exact same thing. Yeah, so then, she, then Sven finds her. And she says to her friend, see, my own speechless human boomerang. One of her friends that she's talking to thinks that Sven is cute. And then Cordelia orders him to get fruit punch, saying, get punchy, you fruit drinky, pointing (laughs) at him. This made me laugh. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Sven just looks at her. And then Cordelia's friend takes Sven's hand and says that he can follow her. And then like a little bit later, 
they're shown walking away and he's like really that i have to deal with her is she even from america yeah i'd pick her up like king kong yeah he looks like "Ah!" he could (laughs) punchy drinky (laughs) yeah punchy drinky you get your own punchy drinky and smoosh your face into the punch bowl (laughs) Ooh, that'd be a bad look for cordy fruit punch mouth (laughs) she'd have fruit punch mouth (laughs) yeah (laughs) and pata and xander enter holding hands um and willow looks at them then looks down at her costume, looking sad, <laughs> yeah. and says, He's like, uh-oh. Maybe I should have worn something sexy. Right. And I'm like, don't change, Willow. <laughs> You're perfect. You're beautiful as You're you are beautiful. as an Eskimo. And Pada compliments Willow's costume, and she's very genuine. You know, she's like, I love your costume. It's so authentic. And then Xander says she looks snug. And you he's look, kind uh, of a jerk. Snug. Like, he's not super mean about it, but I'm like, no. really? That's all you have to say? She looks fucking awesome. Yeah, God. Xander is, uh, I think he's, I think his mind's elsewhere I know, on this but, night. You know, he could have been a good friend and been like, you know what, Willow? That looks awesome. It's yeah. clear to me you spent a lot of time on this. Right. You look great. Mm-hmm. Not a cool best friend, Xander. Right. And she says, that's what I was going for. Yeah. So sad. Giles shows up unexpectedly at Buffy's house, telling her that the bodyguard has been found mummified. And he checked on the pictograms again and discovered that it was the bodyguard's job to ensure that the mummy didn't awaken and escape. Um, Buffy becomes suspicious of Empata at this point because she was wiggy about the seal since day one. Getting wiggy with it. That was awesome. She shows Giles and Pata's trunks full of boys' clothes and then opens the big locked trunk and finds another mummified corpse. That one that we saw earlier. Yeah. Buffy says, what kind of girl travels with a mummified corpse and doesn't even pack a lipstick? So that corpse would be the real Empata. Yes. Back at the bronze, Xander and Empata dance while Willow looks on, snug but sad. From the stage, Oz notices the Eskimo and asks Devin who she is. But before Devin can answer, he has to get back to singing. He's got to know who that girl is. Yeah, he's like, who's that girl? Who's that girl? It's Willow. (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking that too, actually, when I wrote these notes. (laughs) Then we see Buffy and Giles in Giles' car, and Buffy is yelling at him to drive faster, but he's saying he's going as fast as he can, and Buffy's like, one of these days, you'll have to get a grown-up car. Wait, whose car is this? That's Giles' car. That's Giles' old jalopy. Yeah. 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 This thing's got to go. Yeah. He's got to get himself into a nice new corolla i'm sure yeah. you can get a lease new corolla teacher salary <laughs> my corolla or a barracuda Ooh, barracuda how many more car songs can we pull out here um back at the bronze and pata moves in to kiss xander then her hand starts to shrivel up behind him And she just sort of like runs off, scanning the crowd for lonely people. Hey, you know what? She could really use some... um, Whip body butter. Whip body butter. (laughs) I was thinking that too. (laughs) Hey, yo. And Potter runs off, scanning the crowd for lonely people. And she spots Jonathan on the stairs. We don't know his name yet, but I'm just saying Jonathan. Okay. Spoiler alert. His name is Jonathan. Buffy and Giles piece together that they have to 
piece together the seal mm. in order to recontain the mummy. Yes. Giles says he'll go to the museum to do that, and he, he'll drop Buffy off at the bronze so that she can get Xander, quote, before he gets smoochy with mummy dearest, as she says. Right, before she gets all mummerella. Mummerella? <laughs> yeah, she's like Cinderella, but she's a mummy, so she's becoming like mummerella. No. She's like mummerella? No. They should have called this didn't episode go around mummerella. killing people with her mouth. Yeah, I know, but this in this version she does no they should have called it mummy dearest mm, okay or kiss and tell kiss, kiss and, and don't tell. tell don't kiss and tell okay or dementors kiss mummy mm, version okay i still Any like mamarella but mm, that's fine no it's bad okay it's bad <laughs> Xander asks Willow if she's seen Empata and she shrugs and then Xander says what was that and Willow said I shrugged and then Xander said next time you should probably say shrug <laughs> and he walks off and then she, Willow watching him go says sigh <laughs> yeah uh, Sven this is where Sven walks by with Cordelia's friend and he's sp- speaking perfect English unlike me <laughs> <laughs> and Spur- he's perkin he's perkin he's perkin 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 hey i'm the swedish chef what happened on that podcast oh she went full muppet <laughs> <laughs> i am a little swedish so you know <laughs> ah boise 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 perkin 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 <laughs> Sven Spurka Durka perfect English. <laughs> and then Empata strokes Jonathan's face. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> and he's like, Aren't you with Xander? She's yeah. like, Does it look like I'm with Xander? Then he says, Your hands feel kind of rough. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Because they're like these dead graying hand mummified yeah, hands come on jonathan wake up <laughs> wake up buddy <laughs> yeah but you know he was all alone so I, maybe it this takes is... a lot of guts to say that to a woman too who's like yeah. i mean About she's a good looking girl she's probably your first kiss Despite i mean the hands. let's get real yeah well and, exactly and you're gonna call out her dry hands like whoa <laughs> hey can you just lotion up before you kiss me <laughs> uh, your hands are uh, kind of rough <laughs> so she moves in to kiss him and then xander calls for her and so jonathan is like that's my cue to leave and he runs off and then xander finds her she says she doesn't deserve him which makes him laugh and he says man i love you (laughs) and then he realizes that she's crying and he asks are those tears of joy pain revulsion she tells him she is very happy and sad but can't tell him why and then she hugs him and she's crying and xander says hey i know why you can't tell me it's a secret right and if you told me you'd have to kill me and then she cries more and they start to kiss gently and then she reaches her arm around his head and pulls him closer for a life force draining kiss and Mm. xander's eyes go wide and we cut to commercial yeah which i have the cheap version of hulu and it went straight to like a serial commercial and i was like boy what a (laughs) what a way to watch piece of media (laughs) i was gonna make a serial killer joke but i couldn't put it together (laughs) it's not worth it (laughs) it's not worth it (laughs) okay um 
I'm still, still trying, trying to I'm think still of trying one. To Come work on, one again. just drop like, it. <laughs> trying to do like some kind of mummy cereal thing, and it's yeah. just not happening. I don't think it's there. Um, we'll just keep that under wraps. Right. I mean, there's Count Chocula, which would totally work for like you know vampire stuff, but yeah. But not in this case. Anyway, yeah. so we get back to the show. <laughs> and Empata pulls away. Xander falls to the floor. She holds him and apologizes as he's gasping for air. And then Giles, we see Giles in the museum gluing together the seal. And apparently Empata can sense this because she's like, the seal. And then she leaves. Willow, who's like trying to get cheese, like little <laughs> cheese blocks from a sculpture, <laughs> knocking them all over with her mitten hands. Oh, okay, she's getting it from the sculpture. I thought she had built like a castle out of cheese. No, I think it was already built. It was and already she's there. like trying to get the cheese off. Okay. Of, yeah. I was like, well, she's doing Just something with her time. Just knocks it all over. <laughs> Buffy, so Buffy shows up and approaches Willow and asks where Xander is. And she tells she tells her that he went looking for Empata. And Buffy tells Willow that Empata's the mummy. And Willow goes, oh, good. And then she's like, oh, Xander. So she's hmm. obviously happy that Xander's not going to get with Empata. Yeah, she's mummy. pumped about that. She's like, yes. But then she's like, oh, shit. This means Xander's in trouble. So they rush off just as Oz is like trying to approach Willow. Right, yeah, he misses his he meat misses, cute. Misses his meat cute. Hey, meat pie. <laughs> hey, meat pie. <laughs> Glad he doesn't yell that at her. And then he says, "Who is that girl?" In a bemused sort of way, yeah. as she runs off. It's love at first sight for him. It is. Buffy and Willow find Xander, who's who is starting to sit up, and he says, "Boy, that was some kiss." And he tells Buffy that Empata said something about the seal. They help Sander up, and then we cut to Giles gluing the last piece to the seal as Empata looks on. Then she comes out and smashes the seal, begins to choke Giles. Buffy shows up and says, I'll say one thing for you, ink and mummies. You don't kiss and tell. Feeble banter before the fight. Yep. <laughs> Gotta em- happen. Empata accuses Buffy of keeping secrets, too. Then she lets Giles go. He falls into the coffin, and Empata and Buffy battle. Then Empata puts Buffy in the coffin and closes the lid. Willow enters the scene and Empata chokes her. Xander, t- Xander tells Empata to let her go. He says, if you're going to kiss anybody, it should be me. And Empata says, Xander, we can be together. Just let me have this one. And Xander says, that's never going to happen. And Empata says, I must do it. I must do it now or it is the end for me and for us. She tries to go in for the kiss with Willow again, but Xander jumps in to stop her. And he says, no, pulls Willow away from her. And he says, you want life? You're going to have to take mine. Can you do that? And Empata considers for like a second. And then she's pretty much like, "Mm, yeah, as her mummified, creepy, gross skin has, you know, has like gotten up to her neck. And then she says, yes. And then Buffy big kicks out of the stone coffin just as Empata is turning full mummy. Full mummy. Even her eyes disappear. Yeah. And this is where Buffy disarms Empata. Oh, whoa. I can't take credit for that. Dave said it to me. He rips. She rips Empata's body away from um, Xander and Empata's arms stay on Xander. So she yeah. literally disarms Empata. Right, and now Xander is actually armed. <laughs> now Xander is endeavors. armed and dangerous. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and they both just sort of like drop all of Empata's parts and they just kind of like crumble and fall apart. 
Willow goes to comfort Xander, and she is smiling a little bit. He put his life on the line for his best friend, and he could have had his hot Incan girl of his yeah. dreams, who was totally into him, mm-hmm. and who even went to kill him and then decided it wasn't worth it because she li- actually likes him. Yeah. He could have just given up Willow to get that dreamboat of a date. Up dead, but you, you can't know. give up Willow. You can't. No. She's his good friend. His best friend She's is what he tells the best. her. Next day at school, Buffy and Xander are walking together. Xander is lamenting his terrible taste in women. Um, but Buffy kind of defends Impata and she's like, you know what? It's not her fault. She didn't start bad. And she kind of, re- you know, she's like remembering when she heard her the prophecy about her own death. Um, and then Xander says, you know, yeah, but, you know, you you ended up making the right choice. And then Buffy says, and I had you to bring me back. And that's that. And that's the episode. So my one big takeaway is Seth Green. That's all you gotta care about. That's (laughs) all you gotta care about. (laughs) Seth Green. Yeah, that was big. This is where my teen obsession started. I'm sure they see him when they um, cast Seth Green in the show. They see him as an equal. He's short. He's got red hair. He's sort of quirky. He's a great equal for Willow. He's in a band, plays guitar, so he's got that going for him. Yeah. And this is where all of your attractions come from. All of from. my teen dreams. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, got some trivia for you. Okay. Um, Empato and Saban- Sabancaya are both volcanoes in Peru. Okay. So that's where those names come from. Mm-hmm. Oz references a summer place. I don't know if you understood that reference. A summer place is a movie. Okay. It's a 1959 movie. I never seen it. I had never heard of it. I looked it up on IMDb and apparently it is about a businessman rekindling a love affair with a former flame while their two teenage children also began a romance of their own with drastic consequences for both couples. Hmm. Dingo's Ain't My Baby isn't a real band. It is one of the few, maybe only, not real bands that play at the bronze. Mm. Uh, the music is actually provided by the band Four Star Mary. Okay. The band name Dingo's Ate My Baby is a reference to the Lindy Chamberlain Creighton case in Australia. She was wrongfully convicted in one of Australia's most publicized murder trials. Um, she was accused of killing her nine-week-old daughter while camping at Uluru in 1980, in 1980, but she maintained that she saw a dingo leave the tent where her baby was sleeping. So, tragic. Ergo, dingoes ate my baby. And they made a movie about this, starring Meryl Streep. What? Yeah. Meryl Streep is in everything. A Cry in the Dark, 1988. A Cry in the Dark. A Cry in the Dark with Meryl Streep and Sam Neill. Oh, Sam Neill. Yeah. That's a good pairing. Uh, Sadly, Seth Green cannot actually play guitar. I was going to ask that. Dave pointed out to me very rudely as we were watching this. He was like, he's not playing any real notes. And I was like, why did you have to tell me that? But Why wouldn't they matter. teach him like two chords? Like I there's know. some clearly some band members there somewhere. Like teach him two chords for the screenshot. Just yeah. yeah. Both Nicholas Brendan and Ara Selly, who plays Mummy and Pata, had to eat up to ten Twinkies each for each take of the scene in which they are eating the Twinkies. 
What? That's a lot of fucking Twinkies. That's too many Twinkies. So many. I would have been barfing up a storm. And Xander, Nicholas Brendan, has really slimmed down in season two. Yeah. Well, let's watch Maybe if he goes back up. Maybe it's just a ploy to plump him back up. They're like, we need beefier Xander. Everybody Xander, you got to lose a ton of weight because we're going to feed you 100 Twinkies <laughs> next season. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and that's all I got. All right. Cool. Yeah. Good trivia. Let's get in to Lost. All right, this is Lost Season 1, Episode 15. This episode is titled Homecoming. This originally aired on February 9th, 2005. This episode is written by Damon Lindelof and directed by Kevin Hooks. My predictions. I thought that we were going to learn what happened to Claire while she was kidnapped, so I actually did not think we were going to get a regular backstory in this episode. Um, Really? I'm wrong about both. Mm Mm-hmm. And then I said, since you were able to toe the line on Giles and Miss Calendar, I'm going to do the same here because we couldn't tell when she was emerging at the end of last episode if she was still pregnant. Right. So I said, I think she's either still pregnant and she's going to have the baby next episode or she already had the baby and the Rosemary's baby culty peeps are keeping it and we're going to see more of that story next episode. Okay. So I was wrong about all of my predictions. Yeah, for once. Yep. You're usually right about at least one. Yeah. So it's kind of refreshing for you to be way off the mark. Yeah. I feel like you were more off the mark in the beginning of the podcast. First couple of episodes, you were hot on the demon dog. (laughs) I was just- Big on dinosaurs. I didn't know what was going on. I was just making shit up. Yeah. You just had to to lock in a little bit, you know? Yeah. All right. Lock in. So this episode opens with Charlie sleeping- And he wakes up to a bunch of commotion. And Jack is carrying in Claire, who is unconscious. And still pregnant. Still pregnant. You notice that right away. She's still got that baby bump. Yep. And Locke mentions that she just collapsed in his arms because, as we remember in the last episode, it ends with Locke and Boone out in the middle of the jungle. Yes. And she just emerges from the jungle. Mm Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we, we see that she's still pregnant. Jack dabs her face with a cloth, and he wakes her up. She wakes up, and she sort of looks around, and then she screams, and she backs away as she screams, Who are you people? Yeah, and I, she was, clearly, like, I was like, oh, did they brainwash her? Who knows? She doesn't remember nothing. She don't remember nothing. Nothing. She's been wiped clean. So, mm-hmm. boom, we get the lost title. And then we cut to Claire and Jack. They're talking in the dark. Jack's sort of trying to get information out of her to see what she knows or remembers. And she explains that she doesn't remember anything or anyone. She remembers the plane ride, though. And Jack tells her that they were all on the plane, too. Right. And that it crashed on the island. And he says, that was almost a month ago. And then she starts to freak out a little bit about her baby. And she's due soon. He says, it's okay. Your baby's fine. Still kicking. Everything's fine. And she's like, well, why hasn't anyone come to get us yet? So... Clearly, she's missed a lot. you lost. You lost. You lost, darling. You're, You're on this lost. island. Sorry. Sorry, Claire. Sorry about it. And this episode, I got to say, the music, I always say this, but the music in this episode Major is eye roll. on point. <laughs> it is really good because I mention it many times throughout this episode, okay? It's going to get old. I'm just okay. forewarning cool. you. Cool. I'm just going to put on my snooze cap. 
but the wind chime music or whatever's happening in this uh, scene right here mm-hmm. when he's talking to Claire, it's great. It's, it's great. I love how half the podcast is us just saying how great things are. I mean, that's a good thing that we don't hate these shows that right. we're forcing each other to watch. It's like the Chris Farley podcast. Like, remember that part? Yeah. That was awesome. <laughs> oh, good. I'm glad we're we're no less or more intelligent than Chris Farley. Chris Farley on SNL. Okay. So then we cut to Sun and Jin talking in Korean. And he asks, is uh, she all right? The girl? And uh, Sun says, I think so. And he asks about the baby. And she sort of gives him a look and says, the baby's fine. Yeah, so I think he's becoming suspicious that she knows English and that she can understand them. Mm. That's yeah, what I was trying to scene... figure out what this look was about. Yeah, because like, he kind of gives, gives her a look here. Yeah. Like, I was unsure mm. if it was like about like, ooh, do they have history about a baby or something? Or oh, is it maybe. about that could the English it thing? It could be multiple things. Yeah. Again, I've You're seen most of the show. No, I just don't remember. <laughs> I'll be straight up with you. I just don't remember. It's funny because like I have this curse of remembering everything and having to be really careful about what I say and don't say. And you're just like, meh. I'm the don't opposite of that anything. problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't remember anything. If anything it slips, it's I mean, that's kind of nice. I remember. Is it though? Well, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, because then it's like you're experiencing it for the first time. That's true. Boone and Locke and they're talking about what happened to Claire. And they talk about how she's been gone for almost two weeks. And Boone asks if he thinks Ethan Rom is still around. And Locke answers, I sure hope not. Locke is like spooked out by this Ethan Rom guy. Yeah. And if you spook out Locke. Yeah. Woof. You got to be you a gotta real. You got to be pretty bad. Yeah. You got to be a Pretty bad creepo. hombre. So Charlie's with Claire. He's trying to comfort her. And he's trying to make her comfy, you know, feel at home again there in the caves on this island. <laughs> and he says... This is where you sleep. Quite cozy, isn't it? So Ethan took them both. He's filling her in. And she asks about Ethan, and Charlie says, Ethan is the bad guy. And she asks about their relationship between her and Charlie, and if they were friends. And Charlie says, yes, we're friends. Boy, Charlie's got to do a lot of work again to gain her trust. He's got to do all this all over again. But at least some of it's in her diary, you know? That's true. She does say, like, Charlie makes me feel safe, so... That would have been my first move, been like, here's your diary. just read this part right here, and then we'll talk. It's fine. If you want to start on chapter four and work your way backwards, there's some things I've highlighted in there. (laughs) (laughs) Made a few notes in the margins. (laughs) Yeah. Flashback to Charlie hanging out with some bloke in a back alley doing lines. And this is Tommy, which is one of his bandmates, right? I don't know who the hell this guy is. I think Tommy is one of their bandmates. That's what I I don't was know if deducing. I was like, I think this might have been the part where I was trying to take notes and not pause it. Yeah. As we know, because you always do this and it doesn't work out well for you. It also did not work out well for me. So I don't yeah. know who the fuck this guy is. Okay, so his name's Tommy. He's some and friend they, of Charlie, but he definitely is friend. like really concerned about the band and like the getting and back together or whatever drugs. and they're doing yeah. drugs. So he's either some kind of like roadie or whatever or he's something to do with the band. True. Yeah. He's involved. He's involved. So they go into a bar, some pub, and they're they're ogling. Ogling? 
They're ogling? 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 Oogling. They're I never ogling, know how to say oogling. that word either. <laughs> Some ladies on the other side of the bar, and Tommy spouts off a bunch of information about the woman, Lucy, mm-hmm. who he says comes from a rich family. And he then asks Charlie if he's ready to fall in love, and Charlie takes a shot and says, absolutely. Mm-hmm. His friend, Tommy, he orders you all, everybody on the bar jukebox, and Charlie walks on over and starts mingling and sweet-talking with the ladies, oh, and they boy. find him funny, and they all laugh at his jokes. He's a real chama. What a move. They <laughs> cut back to the beach. Locke, Saeed, Jack, and Charlie are talking about Claire's rare amnesia, but it is possible is what Jack says. Yeah. Because so, they're all sort of dubious. Well, so Saeed is kind of like, he's got a good point. Like he's he's basically talking about maybe Claire is like a plant. And right. maybe she's been brainwashed or something by Ethan and the others and sent back to them to like spy on them, which I was like, right. I mean, he's he's got a point. That's a possibility. Yeah. Right. What if they showered her in gifts and grapes and stuff? And oh, yeah. They're like, hey, yeah, if you like want to keep living this life. grapes above her mouth like a yeah, Greek god. All that sweet life stuff. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's what you yeah. want. And they'd be like waving a big... Uh, palm. Palm in her face to like keep her cool. Yeah. That would turn me. They I'd took... be like, I'll do whatever you guys want. <laughs> Just tell me. Hey, you got the coffin here for me to sleep in? <laughs> <laughs> what? A brand new oh, coffin? Oh, my God. Man, this thing looks so snug. <laughs> yeah yeah that's a good point so but charlie's not having any of it you know he's upset that they would even suggest that she's lying Mm -hmm. which has happened before charlie catches up with Jin, and they walk and talk (laughs) through the jungle he says anyang (laughs) which i was (laughs) like oh that's the only korean that i know too and i learned that from uh, arrested development. So Charlie talks to Jin about how simple and lucky he is to not be able to understand everything that's going on because Jin doesn't understand English. So he's basically saying like, oh, it must be so uncomplicated for you to just sort of live your life and hang out with your wife and, and stuff. Jin doesn't even understand that. So And Jin's just kind of like, what is this guy making noises about? <laughs> and then all of a sudden there's a rhythmic whooshing noise that starts to surround them in the yeah. jungle and they stop from walking. Like as and if the, something is whipping towards them and the whooshing gets louder until Jin gets hit by a flying rock and passes out and fucking Ethan emerges from the jungle he's looking haggard and crazy and fucking terrifying his face is like sliced up I don't even know but he's terrifying yeah he's a he uh, he is a creep show and he just shows up out of nowhere and he says Charlie I want her back I want you to bring her back and Charlie yells, what did you do to her? He says, you bring her here, and if you don't, I'm going to kill one of them. And if you... <laughs> you need some help I, here, Pat? I, no, 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 I got it, I got it, I you got You just got to practice because you're not used to being threatening. Right, I'm not used to, to being so mean. Yeah. I'm just a sweet soul. So I'm going <laughs> to kill one of angel, them. Pat. I, <laughs> I, I will kill one every day and then I will kill you last. And he's choking Charlie at the same time. Yeah. And then he drops him and he walks off into the jungle. So uh, at this point, I was like, I paused it and I looked at Dave and I was like, one a night. Oh, no, not Hives guy. Oh, I hope it's not Shannon. <laughs> Oh, no. I hope it's not Steve and Scott. Oh, come on, <laughs> man. Steve and Scott? 
<laughs> and then I was like, okay, but why aren't they all carrying weapons all the fucking time? Yeah. Locke has how many knives? 200, 300, whatever the count is. I think that's more of a rumor. I don't think he actually has that many. I think he has like six. Okay, but that's still enough for, you know, six he people to have out. knives and right. a couple of people to sharpen spears or whatever. Like, people have got to have some fucking weapons. There's all kinds of crazy shit out in the jungle. Why are they not carrying weapons all the time? Well, this that's is what good... bugs me about... This is what bugs me about Prometheus, and I know we're not going to get into that, but everyone <laughs> Prometheus? Like, oh, you're, you're dragging fine. Prometheus we're, into this? We're just going to go out and everything's going to be fine. It's just a it's just a learning discovery mission. Nothing's yeah. going to happen. Bring sure. your fucking goddamn weapons. You don't know what's out there. Okay. I hear what you're saying, and you might have some good points. I do. I have 100% good points. Okay? okay. All right. I'm very frustrated about this. I think I would agree with you because as soon as the Ethan Rom thing happened in the first place, I'd yeah. be like, everybody? I'd let's... be like, I am never going into the jungle unless it's with Locke. And even with Locke, I'm going to have a fucking weapon. Yeah. Okay. I won't even fight you on that. Good Don't. point. <laughs> and that's why I should be with you on the island. <laughs> <laughs> well because you're so scrappy i will scratch ethan's eyeballs out so charlie's on the beach talking to jack and Locke, and they talk about what to do about the ethan situation and charlie clearly he just wants to kill him and Locke wants to tell a select few and post some sentries and jack wants to tell everyone everything and just move everyone up to the caves and Locke's worried about that plan and then Jack turns to him and says, all right, John, obviously you have a plan, so let's hear it. Jin and Son, they're sort of washing each other up at the waterfall, but she's like she's like helping his boo-boos because yeah. he's got some boo-boos he's from the boo-boos. attack. Yeah, so yeah. he like, yeah, he got like pelted in the chest, basically. He's right. got like big old bruise on his chest. Right, and he tells her that he was attacked because of what everyone else has done. Yeah, which I was like, hmm? Hmm? Well, hmm? Maybe. Claire and Charlie talk. And she tells him that everyone's avoiding her and, you know, giving her the stink eye. And he tells her they've built a golf course and everyone's having a great time. Joking, of course. Yeah, that was cute. (laughs) And she asks if anything's going on and uh, because she feels that he's keeping some information from her. Yeah. But he conceals the truth about Ethan. He doesn't want to worry her, so he doesn't tell her. Yeah, which never about works the interaction. out. That never works out. Just be honest, you know. Yeah, it's not gonna work yeah. out, Charlie. Right. He just he cares too much about her. Yeah. So she doesn't seem super convinced, though. She just says, "Okay," and then Charlie stare, stares off into the distance, slowly turning his head, which is a great. <laughs> pre-flashback stare because mm-hmm. that's what always happens just like, uh, and, it's like uh, boom. and I'm back and we're in the flashback <laughs> <laughs> so we go into the flashback and Charlie went home with the bar lady who we find out her name is Lucy and she goes to get him a drink in the other room as he paws around this very nice posh Charlie, house. Charlie, Charlie, Charlie. Oh, Charlie. A common thief, Charlie. Ah, oh, sticky fingers, How Charlie. How the mighty have fallen, Charlie. Ah, oh, you used to be in a rock band. Now look at you. You're stealing little ditties. I'm a rock god. <laughs> But she comes back in. She tells him about how her father is off on business buying a paper company in Slough. Which, do you know what that is a reference to? Is it another office space reference? Nope. 
but it is a reference to the BBC's office because that paper company, the Dunder Mifflin, yeah, is based out of Slough. Oh, isn't that fun? That's fun. Thanks it's for a good that. Good time. Thanks for telling me that. Did you watch the BBC's office? No. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. If you like NBC's office, you'll like BBC's. I do, but it's not my favorite. What do you mean? You said you didn't watch it. How is it not your favorite? Oh, you don't like The Office Office. Yeah, I don't like the American. I mean, I I don't hate Maybe it. Maybe you would like the BBC one then. I might. Because they, there are a lot of differences. Ricky Gervais is fantastic. Yeah, no, I've heard. I feel like I probably watched the first episode like who knows how long ago, but um, I never ended up continuing with it. I just, The Office used to be one of those things that I would watch all the time, but then like since watching Parks and Rec and just like other sort of similar sitcoms i guess parks and rec is probably the best one it's kind of ruined it for me because i'm like you know what in parks and rec like pretty much everyone in parks and rec is like a good trying to be like a good person but you can't say that about the office like the office is a little bit i like about it though everybody's jerks and i love it (laughs) i yeah that's really hard for me yeah because like people are too fun for me because they're just uh, it's so farce it's i don't know I love The Office. I yeah. love it. I don't, I don't hate it. I don't hate it. It's just like if if I were if I were going to choose The Office or Parks and Rec, I'd choose Parks and Rec any day. Yeah. Well, anyways, you should give it a shot at least once because it's, okay. it's really good. It's fun. Okay. Maybe I will. Okay. So Charlie's walking around this posh house and he eyes a very nice silver cigarette case that is on display, which Lucy says is her father's. And that used to be Winston Churchill's. Mm. And she invites him to dinner for the next day, and he agrees. We cut to Jack and Kate talking about Claire and why Ethan might want her back. And she tells him that they should use the key around his neck and unlock the guns. From the Halliburton case, if you remember. I do remember. He says he doesn't want to put guns in untrained hands. Yeah. So he doesn't think that's a good so... idea. At this moment, I was like, um, okay, then let's put them in fucking trained hands. And I was like... Yeah, you got enough around. Yeah, I'm like, I'm sure you can put, you know, like, you can put them in Jack's hand. Mm -hmm. Like, Jack probably knows how to use a gun because he can do everything. Locke, Saeed, Kate, boom. So we cut to Saeed, Boone, and Locke. And Saeed looks like he's joined the... Bad Boys Club. They got a new member. Yeah. Saeed's in, man. I mean, if you're, yeah, of course you should have Saeed. They're hanging out and they're creating a trip line system that will drop a bag of cans to alert them if it's tripped. That was so they set up like, yeah, they set up like a little trip line. Yeah. Booby traps. That's what I said. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Booby traps. That's what I said. That's what I said. Love that. Uh, They talk about sentry shifts and uh, where they'll rotate people. In and out of shifts. Yeah, you would have organized Ugh, this a long this time ago, You know clearly. what? All of this shit would have happened week one if I yeah. were in charge. Okay, I'd be like, you right. know what, Jack? Step aside. Okay? Right. You can be the doctor. That's fine. I'm not going to fight yeah. you for that, except for that I can do some herbalism shit with Sun over here. But yeah. listen. And then Sawyer comes around the corner and he goes, so Pinky over here and thinks like, she's the new. <laughs> I would just punch him face. before he doesn't even, he can't even see it coming. Okay, you're going to punch me because you don't like this fire. That's what he's going to say. Yeah, we'll see, you know. See I'm what happens. I'm going to go ahead and take my shirt off, put my hair up in a bun. Oh, that's what, yeah, be. you know me, Pat. I'm all about the man bun. 
<laughs> just pressing Boy, your button. Boy, do you know my happen. style? <laughs> it's not short, spiky hair. It's yeah, and a man weird goatee. <laughs> okay. So Boone uh, says that he wants a shift, and Saeed's like, okay. And then Locke agrees pretty enthusiastically. He's like, absolutely. We're counting on you, Boone. <laughs> yeah. He's like, he's like his little son now. Charlie and Jack at night. Jack has a torch. I just figured I'd write that because I love it when Jack has a torch. <laughs> yes, you, know, you do. It's important. <laughs> it's important for the scene. Charlie wants to move Claire because he doesn't believe that she will be safe where they are. And Jack says nothing's going to happen to her. Okay. And then he walks off and Claire is there sleeping on the ground and Charlie looks over. So Charlie's pretty frantic at this point. Yeah. We flash back to a dinner scene with Charlie and Lucy having a nice candlelit dinner with her father. Yeah, this was a rough scene. And the father talks about how he once was in a band and, you know, he had to give it up to become more practical, you know, responsible. Because, see, a man has to provide and take care of his family, you know, responsibilities. Hey, rock stars can do that. Yes. He asks about if Charlie has a new album coming out or something with Driveshaft. And Charlie starts to spin out a little bit here. He says, well, we're in a bit of a hiatus. We're taking some time off. And then he just starts, he just keeps going. Yeah. And he says, you know, a we're lot of time. we're taking a lot of time off. Yeah. yeah. It's been over it's a been year. It's been a year. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm thinking of doing a solo project. And see, Liam, my brother, he's in the band, uh, had a daughter. And we haven't been keeping in touch much. And, you know, there's been some problems with royalties. And he opens up to them. And then he ultimately says that, Drive shaft, you know, just might be dead. Yeah, that must have been hard for him. Oof. Yeah. And he's missing a smack, too, so. Right. Even harder. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, this pork is good, but I need some smack, man. Yeah. Some Parmesan cheese. Do you have any Parmesan cheese I can put on this pork? <laughs> so then Tommy and Charlie are talking at the bar, and Charlie tells Tommy that he took a job, and Tommy's mad. Because it's been over a week and Charlie hasn't kept up his side of the plan. Obviously, it's like stealing something, probably that cigarette case, but so it could have been could more. Pawn it and get money for some Parmesan cheese, some for primo some, Parmesan cheese. Some droogs, yeah. And Tommy mentions that that he would sell, and then Charlie's like, shh, shh, you know, he shushes them. And Charlie says he doesn't think Liam would come back to drive shaft. So he has to start thinking about his future, which is why he has taken a job and that he's going to go to work on Monday. Selling printers. Selling printers. And Tommy doesn't think it's going to work out. He says, oh, okay, you're going to start on Monday, huh? Well, you got to get through the weekend without a fix. We'll see how your future treats you then. Hey, Charlie. And then he- Yeah. Some friend. Some friend, Tommy. Unbelievable. What kind of friend are you, Tommy? Huh? Sawed off, brother. Sawed off. You you hit like a ponce. Yeah, jog on, boy. <laughs> yeah, we really know I've, our British insults. Yeah, I have hardcore British insults. Uh, so then w- <laughs> we cut back to the island at night. Lots of torches and lookouts. And Locke swings around a stick. Saeed looks out. It's cool. Tense music, man. Really tense, suspenseful music. <laughs> Boone is looking a little tired. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm like, here I am thinking Boone's going to die because you told me that he has no more flashbacks. So now I'm just like, Boone's going to fucking, he's going to die. He's a big character though. I don't, 
Oh, man. I mean, we'll if see. he only has one flashback. But then again, I could see Claire not having any more flashbacks either because I feel like yeah. her story has been told. But I don't feel like Boone's story has been told. So you ruining that for me was a bad move. I don't know. Wedding Empire, kind of a nothing story. Incest is everything that he had going on. Uh, so he begins to drift off to sleep. Cut to, very abruptly, the can bag falling, the trip line. Yeah, but it's like morning it, now. It's morning, yeah. It's clearly not night anymore. And it makes the noise to wake Boone up. He wakes up and he runs off looking around pretty frantically. He ends up Good in the jungle being a with lookout, his, Boone. Yeah, with his uh, spear. He hears rustling in the leaves and he lunges to stab something with his spear but falls. And then Vincent, the dog, comes running out of the jungle with Locke and Saeed in tow. Huh. And Vincent licks Boone's face. And then... There's a scream, and then they run off to the beach, and they find a dead body. Kate tells Sawyer his neck was broken, both of his arms, all of the bones in his fingers. And Sawyer says, I guess old Steve drew the short straw, huh? And then Hurley tells Sawyer, dude, it was Scott. And the music is so good here. What did I say? Very Hitchcockian. What did I say? What? Oh, yeah, that Scott or Steve were going to die. <laughs> it's like it's going to be one of them. <laughs> yeah, one of those expendables. Yep. Scott or Steve. And alas, it was Scott who bit it. Oh, so sad. Uh, they have a funeral for Scott. And Hurley gives a eulogy of sorts. <laughs> he says, and he says. <laughs> Sorry, I kept calling you Steve, man. <laughs> <laughs> and then he ends it with, uh, amen, I guess. I don't know. I don't how know. That how these. <laughs> and everyone's it's like, yeah, amen. Uh, so then we cut to Claire who's getting water at the caves and everyone's staring at her giving her the stink eye again and then she comes up to Shannon who's also giving her the stink eye and she asks why everyone's staring at her and Shannon says nobody's told you well she's like no one's staring at you and she's like you're staring at me (laughs) yeah what's your name Shannon you're staring at me listen bitch I don't need to (laughs) know what's your name Shannon I don't care what your name is and then (laughs) she she slaps her she just wanted to know her name, and then she said, you're staring. And then Shannon says, no one told you? And Claire no, says, Shannon. told me what? Oh, Shannon's the worst. Then Charlie arrives, and Claire approaches Charlie in a huff, asking why he lied to her. And she said, why would you keep me in the dark, Charlie? I'm already in the dark. And he says, I wanted to take care of you. And she says, I can take care of myself. Again, this is where you pull out the diary and say, if I could direct your attention to, to chapter three here. to four, you say, I feel very safe with Charlie. He helps me a lot. Feel very safe. That would have been good. So flashback to Charlie Pace, who's dressed up in a very nice suit. Very it's nice his first suit. day of work, and Lucy has bought it for him. He's a little sweaty and flustered. He's also been missing out on a smack. Yeah. And she asks if he's okay, and he says, I'm just nervous. Clearly, he's gotten this job through her dad which she mentions, yeah, and he gives some sort of pre-written sales pitch copying machine, which is a Heatherton C815. Does that number ring a bell? 815. That's the plane. That's the plane. So he keeps eyeing this medal of Winston Churchill's, the cigarette case. Well, and then- also, hold on. Before that, she said... Um, Cause he was like, you didn't have to buy me this suit, and she was like, oh yeah, what, what are you, were you gonna wear on your first day of work then? And he said, I have shirts with buttons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then he sees this medal of Winston Churchill's, 
cigarette case, yep. and he steals it. Dirty hobbitses. All he steals in it. (laughs) (laughs) My precious. My precious. He steals it. Steals it. So then Lucy comes back in (laughs) and gives Charlie a brand new briefcase. It's a fat one too. Yeah, I don't know what he's putting in that briefcase because he ain't got nothing. Probably a whole copier. (laughs) (laughs) She insists on driving him to work, and he's like, "I'll just take the bus." And she's like, "No, no, no, no. I'll drive you. Absolutely not. I'll drive you." So was he just gonna leave and like not even go to work at this point? Like, was that his plan? Just taking off. What I was thinking, yeah, I was like, he's too. just going to take the cigarette case, he's going to leave. The, take the suit. <laughs> take the suit, take this nice old briefcase, yeah. and it wasn't until she said, I'll drive you, that he's like, oh, now I have to actually go through with this. Yeah. But I'm not sure, because I think it, he's conflicted through this whole scene. Yeah, because it's like he memorized all these facts about right. the copier, so he And clearly... he told Tommy that he's going to take a job, too. Right, so, Yeah. And yeah, I think you're right. It's just about him being conflicted. We cut to Boone, who's sharpening a steak. A steak! Crossover! Crossover, sort of. There's no vampire staking or dusting in this episode, but it's still pretty much a crossover moment. Steaks are, you know, steaks are a Buffy thing. Right. Uh, Real quick. Yeah. (laughs) How do you sharpen a steak? Well, let me tell you. Oh, okay. No, no, no. I've sharpened many a steaks, okay? Oh, okay. Remember when we did our photo shoot, I had to help sharpen the steak. Yeah. So it didn't yeah. look like a... Phallic. Yeah. <laughs> Piece. <laughs> yes, yeah, I was I like, this is what you call a steak? <laughs> I was like, I was in a rush, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I just have to mention, I know I've said this before, uh, but I'll say it is again. This about the music again. No, no, no. The cinematography. Okay. Cinematography of this show is so good. It is very good. The lighting is fantastic. Yeah. The camera work, it's handheld. It feels organic yet cinematic. Oh, beautiful. It's so different than any other TV show at the time. I'm like, man, they're just breaking glass ceilings here, you know? Wow. You know what I'm saying? Wow. Yeah. Great cinematography. Beautiful. Okay. It's just a side. Just yeah, a small side. Yeah, no, I know. Side. It's okay. Okay. It's okay. Yeah. You, you know. I just got to get you, out of my system yeah, every once in a while. you can get dirty about it. I just feel bad that I can't, you know, appreciate yeah. it in the way that you do because- Although you've been getting really good about talking. You've been talking about technicals more so lately than I would have expected. Well, Well, perhaps you're rubbing off on me. Perhaps. The hand... (laughs) I used to have more notes about it, but I think I mentioned all that. That's okay. You know what? I'm going to move on. We know the cinematography is great. Okay? Thank you. Picture good. Picture good. (laughs) Jack and Locke, they walk and talk in the jungle, and Jack asks Locke, Jack and walk, lock, talk. <laughs> yeah, Jack this is getting lock, very. Lock, talk. <laughs> this is this is a Doctor Seuss novel. All of a sudden, <laughs> I can't get through these damn synopsises without getting tongue tied. Jack and Locke walk, talk through the hatch latch. <laughs> so Jack asks if Locke could track them. You know the others because Jack can't track. Jack can't track. <laughs> Locke says he could, but he wouldn't. Because they're at a disadvantage. This is Ethan's home turf, this island. And Jack asks, well, what if we had a way to get the advantage back? And he pulls out Whoa, the Halliburton case. What? What? First, Locke says, we're nothing, but a, we're nothing but a bunch of scared idiots with sharp sticks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we know that. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's also the truth. Yeah. But they also have guns. And that's what Jack pulls out. Yeah. He whips so out those he gives, guns. He gives Locke a gun 
who knows exactly how to use it. He sort of checks the chamber, takes the clip out, puts it back in, yeah. then he holds it up, and he just kind of smiles. Yeah, he's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> he's like, yeah. He's finally. like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Commander's in town. So Locke looks way too happy to have a gun, and I think mm-hmm. Jack is a little bit like, oh, he's boy. Like, oh, boy. <laughs> what is, did I just unleash? Maybe a bad move. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Locke is like the John Wick on the island, though, so you might as well give him a gun. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I wish I've seen John Wick so I could get some of your references, but I you haven't. You have seen John Wick? No. You'd probably hate it. Yeah, you would definitely hate Doesn't it. He, it's just, isn't it about revenge because someone killed his dog? Yeah. Uh, then I would love it. Excuse me. I just spent but, 20 minutes talking about how I'm going to go rescue all the dogs from the Grand Canyon. But it's all action. All action. Like nonstop shoot you in the head action for like an hour and a half. Mm. It's fantastic. Great cinematography. Picture look good? Great stunts. <laughs> Picture look good. <laughs> sound sound nice. Okay. <laughs> Stunts, real stunty. Okay, you should check it <laughs> out. There's it three shot. of them. I don't think Dave yeah. has seen them. I'm kind of. I mean, you but guys should he's, have he a night. Really see a lot of movies, unless yeah. not, unless like we're you gotta watching fix them that. together. You gotta fix that boy. <laughs> Make him watch some movies. Well, he's watched okay. all the movie club movies. Yeah, that's not a good way to start movie love. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Charlie, Saeed, Jack, and Locke—they're talking at night. And they want to use Claire as bait. And Charlie is protesting the idea. He's not happy about that. But Claire steps in and she agrees to the plan. Yes. And Charlie wants to help with a gun. Yes. Flashback Charlie's to Charlie. Got a gun. Charlie wants a gun. So flashback to Charlie trying to demo a copier machine with some <sighs> potential clients. And he's having a lot of technical issues here. <laughs> and the, the music in this scene is hilarious it's like a hawaiian ukulele yeah, it's ditty oh it's God. very it's like played for comedy and he's sweating and he's pushing all the buttons and, he's and this out. is i don't know I, yeah he's totally freaking out i don't know if this has ever happened to you but i've had this dream many a time this is one of my bad dreams uh-huh. where i have to i have to demo something it's a nightmare of mine for sure I have to demo something or show a video to a group and everything is going wrong. I can't click on the thing and it's not playing and the audio is not working and I keep trying to plug it in and trying to do things and everyone's just sort of like waiting. I've had that <laughs> nightmare so many that times. Nightmare. I'm sure it's pretty specific to me because <laughs> only I would freak out about something like that. Great scene and it ends with Charlie puking into the copier. Oh, all over the copier. All Poor over the cop here. <laughs> oh, God. So we cut back to the crew who's locking and loading. Mm-hmm. And Locke says, Charlie's right. We should have one more man slash gun. And Jack approaches Sawyer yeah, well, and so asks they, him. I forget who says it. I don't know if it's Locke who says it or Jack. But someone says, we have four guns. We should have four men. And I was like, uh, excuse me? Why's it got to be all men? <laughs> right. What about men Kate? or women? And remember that time that Sawyer couldn't even kill a dying man? Has everyone mm. forgotten about that? Yeah. I mean, he did shoot him. He just missed his heart, didn't he? Yeah. Don't you think that's yeah. maybe important? I understand that he killed a polar bear, but right. I think that was pure luck. And I was, so yeah. I was kind of pissed that Kate didn't stand up for herself, too. 
here. Yeah, but she's also trying to not give away her position yeah. as, I know how to use guns because I rob banks and such and yeah. also kill somebody. So there's that. So but Keep going because I have more to say about this scene. Jack approaches Sawyer, asks him if he can help, and gives him a gun. And Kate asks to help, and Jack refuses, and he's like, sorry, we're out of guns. And Sawyer brandishes one more 9 millimeter gun, and he gives it to Kate. And I hate that it had to be Sawyer to stick up for Kate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I'm sure. But I was like, at least, at least someone is. So the crew on the beach, they get ready as the sun starts to go down. Saeed says... The guns are last resort. We want him alive. Charlie watches the group from afar with a very serious look on his face as he watches Claire walk into the jungle as their bait with a group of gun-wielding survivors. Again, the music is great here. Suspenseful, intriguing, fantastic. Sounds great. Okay. Mm-hmm. Just thought it was worth mentioning. Okay. Music good. Yeah, music music so good. Michael Giacchino, he's just a genius. So cut to Claire walking around in the rain in the jungle. Which uh, is some you love. You love things love happening rain. in the jungle. I love jungle stuff. I love rain. I love Good sound. torches. Good sound. Great cinematography. Okay. Bananas in this the shit. forest. Bananas in the forest, <laughs> climbing trees, waterfalls at night, coffins to sleep in. This show is a bang. Waterfalls man. at night. <laughs> Afternoon delight. <laughs> hey, waterfalls at night. So <laughs> Ethan Rom shows up Fucking from behind Ethan her. Ethan Rom. Gives her a little start, huh? <gasps> and Claire screams. She's like, ah! <laughs> So he chases her and Jack tackles Ethan in the rain. And Jack tackles hard. Yeah. Because he's like, I'm not going to let this motherfucker get away again. Yeah, it really gives tackling him Tackling me in the rain. This time, it's his turn to get tackled in the rain. Yeah. Tackle Jack has been thinking rain. about that interaction when Ethan Rom beat oh, his yeah. ass before. Oh, yeah, he is. And Jack is all wound he's up. giving it back. They fight hand-to-hand combat, and Ethan punches him. And everybody's taking way too long to get to Jack. Yeah, I'm like, where was this plan? How did this plan not come together I know. immediately? Because like, like, we see them Claire, all running. Yeah. yeah. And they all have guns. Like, what are you waiting and for? And you could see them all within a short distance of each other. This is another right. one of those They're things. They're all looking at each other. Just like the Jack falling down the, right. the hill and Kate not coming to... Like, stupid. Yeah. This is stupid. Right. It all gets messy when they're around Ethan. They and get all in flustered. The rain. So the rest of the team Remember. arrives, finally. Finally. And Jack... Jack gets the upper hand and he starts punching the crap out of Ethan. Yeah, too bad they don't have the handcuffs anymore. I know. Thanks, Michael. (gasps) Sawyer holds him at gunpoint and says, ah, 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 jungle boy, not even for one second. And then bang, 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 bang. He gets shot dead. And who shoots him? Charlie. Charlie shot him dead. And I was like, damn it, Charlie. I get it. But damn it, Charlie. Yeah, it'd be funny if Ethan was still alive and he said, Charlie shot me. It hurts and it's still hurting. <laughs> it hurts and it's still hurting, Charlie. <laughs> Ouch, Charlie. Ouch, Charlie. Ouch. <laughs> no, but he just dies right away. 
<laughs> How Claire has not gone into labor yet is beyond me with all of this mayhem. I know. I was like, she's clearly going to go into labor because Jack goes yeah. to like check on her or lock. Maybe it's lock. I forget who. But yeah. and sh- they're like, are you okay? And she's like, yeah. I'm like, she's going yeah, into fine. labor right now. <laughs> yeah. She should have fucking had this baby 20 times already. Yeah. This, she's been through a lot of trauma and yeah. Not and that a lot I of hiking too. about that. Hiking can certainly set off Oh, labor. yeah, that's what I've heard. You're supposed to walk around if you're, like, late. Cut to Charlie. He's sitting despondent, and Jack asks why he did it, why he killed Ethan Rom, and he says, because he deserved to die. And Jack tells him that Ethan could have told them where he was from, etc., got some information. Charlie cuts him off, and he says, he wasn't going to tell us anything, Jack, and I wasn't going to let that animal anywhere near her again. Yeah, which that I was like, okay. I see that, you know. I see that like, too. Yeah, I'm like, no yeah, might Ethan as well just kill him. There's no way Ethan would have told them anything. So I mean, they would have had to pull out Saeed tactics again. Yeah, and maybe even that which wouldn't. Nobody's have in the business of doing that. No, and then Saeed. Saeed went to, on a walkabout last time. Yeah, exactly. He'd have to go away again. He'd have to. Who knows what he'd fall into at this point? Right. So we can't have that. Might as well just shoot the guy dead. Yeah. Remove that threat. Shoot you know? him dead. So flashback to Charlie, who's knocking on Lucy's door. She opens the door. No, he no, tries to apologize. On Lucy's door. <laughs> Nicely done. Thank you. She opens the door. He tries to apologize to her. She wants him to leave. He says, I made a mistake. She yells at him and she says that he's a liar. He's a selfish bastard. And she then tells him that he stole... And she knows that he stole because he was a junkie. She's like, I got to know one thing. Why would you take the job? And Charlie says, I guess I just wanted to be respectable. I want you to think I could take care of you. And she says, you will never take care of anyone. Ouch. Poor Charlie. Cut back to Charlie on the island, sitting alone. Everyone's hanging out in the caves. And for a second, I thought we were going to get an old lost exit yeah montage, that's exactly what right? dave was saying too he was like oh like, here, here we, we go, go. <laughs> buckle up for the music buckle up for the slow-mo and the dissolves yep nope we don't get that though it was a it was a it was a non-starter <laughs> How was everyone's the music hanging here, out Pat? in the caves <laughs> oh, music uh you know is maso menos <laughs> give or take yeah. so claire walks up to charlie and says I remember peanut butter. Wait, before that, we see butter? Shannon patching up Saeed. Uh, oh, I missed that. Hello? <laughs> I just saw people like paired off. I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. Whatever. No, they were like looking at each other like adoringly and she was patching oh, sure. him up. Yeah. It's been a long night. You know, you don't like that couple? I don't like Shannon with anyone. She's a human. Mm, she's still too, she's still Everybody too selfish. She's got to step it up a little bit. Even selfish people need love. Yeah, they do. But Saeed is just too good right now for He's her. He's too good? He's too good. You know, she could have He's Scott. He's like your Giles. She could have Scott or Steve. <laughs> Can't have Scott anymore, but Steve maybe. Yeah. <laughs> but Steve's probably just crying in his uh, cave pillow somewhere. Like, <laughs> no, Scott, why? I miss Scott. Who am I going to hang out with now Who's and get mixed up with? Who's going to Scott to my Steve? You never say Scott and Steve. <laughs> yeah he's all broken up i'm sure yeah maybe maybe saeed is my uh is my giles yeah i think so i think i think you're uh, protective of him yeah i remember peanut butter yeah why do i remember peanut butter and she also says i don't know what happened to me i'm scared and i want to trust you to charlie and then 
They say goodnight to each other, and he watches her walk off into the night. And that's the end of the show. That's the end of the show? All of Lost? That's it, man. Wrap it up. Wow, great. We did it. Yeah. Oh, my God. Amazing. No, that's the end of the episode. Oh, okay. But I was like, oh, that's nice. That was a nice little ending. Yeah, that was nice. Very sweet. Charlie and Claire are starting to come back together finally, even though she's got amnesia. Yeah. I got a couple trivia pieces here Mm -hmm. for this episode. So this is the first time since White Rabbit, the episode, which was a bunch of episodes back, that all cast members actually appear in an episode. Do we see Michael and Walt? I don't remember seeing Michael and Walt in this episode. Are they in the background somewhere? We must see them somewhere. I read this piece of trivia, so it's got to be real. It's from the internets. Is it? Is it from the internets? <laughs> it is. <laughs> um, All right. We'll just assume that they're there. Yeah, I don't Maybe remember seeing them. Maybe they're in a deleted them. scene. Uh, Damon Lindelof, who is the writer of this show, has admitted that this is his least favorite episode of the entire series wow. that he wrote. Yeah. At one point, I don't know if you noticed this, but Ethan Rom has an unexplained limp. He's sort of limping. Oh, yeah, he is. But it's a remnant of a deleted scene where Ethan breaks through the security perimeter and fights Locke, who stabs him in the thigh before Ethan knocks him out. Oh. So that's a cool scene. I'd like to see that. Yeah, I would like to see that too. But then they were like, we can't show Locke getting knocked out. And then the only other trivia piece I have is one we already covered, which is the copier that Charlie tries to sell is Model 815, the same number as the ill-fated plane that they crashed in. Mm. Mm, Connections. Very interesting. All right. Favorite moments? Well, you start first. What was your favorite moment of Buffy? Yeah, this episode of Buffy isn't huge for me. I guess my favorite moment is I'm going to go with Rodney Munson. And we see him and he growls. I don't know. <laughs> really? Yeah. I don't know. It's just like, who's th- who's this guy? And then he who's just turns growling, into a mummy. Dude? I was like, ah, man, I wanted more growling Rodney Munson. But that's uh, fine. Gone too, taken from us too soon. Rodney yeah, Munson. dreams dashed. <laughs> well, mine uh, is the introduction of Oz. Of course. Um, But also Willow in the Eskimo costume. Oh, yeah. I did like that cool guy that Oz was hanging out with, though. He was pretty cool. Devin, the lead Devin singer. Devin was pretty cool with his leather jacket. Yeah. With buckles on it. Yeah, that's pretty cool. You just have a thing for guys in high school with leather jackets. I just like guys who overdo it in the coolness factor in the 90s. <laughs> like, they're like, this is cool. I'm owning it. And I'm cool. Yeah. I just think it's so over the top and ridiculous and completely opposite of what I was going for in high school. Yeah that I find it somewhat endearing. Hmm. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. So he's know. not your favorite then? <laughs> it's still Rodney? I'm still going Rodney though. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> if the other guy growled to Oz, he'd be my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Favorite moment of Lost. You go first. I really like Charlie puking into the <laughs> copier. <laughs> Just because I was like, oh, that's such a human moment. But I also Mm. really like Claire remembering peanut butter. Mm. Because you know me, I'm I'm the softy moment. You're a sucker. You're a sucker for those Claire Charlie moments. Yeah. 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 Charlie. Charlie. (laughs) 
Uh, there's so many good moments here in Lost. There's so it's much, really so hard. much jungle stuff, you know. So much jungle stuff. So much torches at night. But okay, here's the part that is my favorite. Okay. Okay. It's the part where they're first getting ready, when they're like locking down. Yeah. All right, they're getting ready. They got the torches and the perimeter set up. Yeah. And they're sort of just looking at each other and looking off into the distance, and they're all being very like eagle-eyed. Yeah. And Saeed's looking off into the darkness. Oh, man, the music and just the suspense. It's all there. Are you going to give a chef's what kiss? I love. <laughs> it's a chef's kiss. It's so good. <laughs> Fantastic moment. Well, which episode wins for you? Lost. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Even though, obviously, I love this episode for introducing Seth Green as Oz, the rest of it's yeah. a wash. <laughs> I don't know why Damon Lindelof doesn't like this episode. It must have been like just tumultuous in the uh writer writer's room like they couldn't agree on the themes and maybe it just didn't connect mentally for them maybe but i think on the screen it makes sense like i think there's a good amount of mystery with ethan rom and suspense and music and cinematography yeah i mean i think the <laughs> i think the backstory is like a little bit loose that's true the backstory is kind of weak yeah you know it's kind of like the whole thing is really just about Charlie not being able to take care of anyone, I guess. Right. And therefore. Which we've already gotten that in the previous backstory. Yeah. So. It's just more of that. So And this Lucy character, like who cares really? Yeah. Um, It was, yeah, it was kind of strange. Yeah. But Law still wins. Yeah. I agree. Definitely. There's just, there was a lot going on in this episode, you know, and the whole this this whole monster of the week thing was, you know, not great. New predictions. Predictions for Buffy. I've got to make a prediction around Oz because he's a big part of this series now. So Oz obviously is introduced and set up as falling head over heels for Willow. Mm-hmm. So finally, this is what I was saying in the last episode or maybe the episode before that where Willow needed somebody who was pining over her. Yeah, I feel like it's so, been a while since we've talked about that. Maybe. So Willow finally gets that with the character of Oz. So Oz is going to fall in love with Willow. Mm-hmm. So that's going to create some tension with Xander because Xander's going to be like, oh, wait a minute. Maybe I do like Willow. And now I'm confused. You don't know what you got till it's gone. Right. It's going to be one of those situations. Mm-hmm. So that's going to create some tension there. So now we're getting lots of love triangles that are starting to overlap. Oh my God, so many love and triangles. And this is Xander's just the in WB's, all of them. Yeah, this is the WB sweet spot. This is where they need to get all of their audience really invested. It's okay? so funny that you say that because you know I'm watching Gilmore Girls too, and mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, that's like exactly yeah. what's happening in Gilmore Girls. Yeah, it's just, and I'm like, it's Ugh. just like. The Twilight books, it's the same thing. It's like, do I love this guy or love this guy? I can't decide. Mm -hmm. And they both want me. It's like, that's what all these books are. Yeah, even though she's totally useless. (sighs) Okay, we're not going to get into this. At least Buffy and Willow (laughs) are strong ass, cool women. Right. You know? Other predictions for Buffy, I don't know if I have too many other ones. We're not going to see any more mummy any of the mummy characters Roddy Munson is gone forever we really didn't get much Giles in this episode did we no really we got like one or two scenes well I mean he Small. was there no the Miss Calendar but yeah no Miss Calendar no like Cordy was there personal side of Giles anyway it was just him right. being watcher being watcher guy right right Big Bad is now with Spike 
So Spike will be back in the next episode. The big bad is now with Spike or Spike is the yeah, big yeah, yeah. bad? Spike is the big bad. Okay. All right. That's that's what I got for And he'll be back next episode. That's what you said? Next episode. Okay. Yep. All right. What's your predictions for Lost? God, I have no idea. <laughs> I like, I don't even want to fucking, I don't even want to say Claire's going to have her baby because she's probably not going to have her baby for another 300 episodes. Well, you just toe the line like I did. I already will, have towed the line like three times <laughs> on her having a baby. Yeah. Ugh, I feel like I have to make a new Claire baby countdown every time. So I'm just not nah, even going to do it anymore. That. Just not yeah, even going to do Don't worry it. about it. I don't care. She'll have the baby. She'll have the baby. baby. I still think it's a cult thing. Whose backstory is it going to be? Okay. When we did the Boone backstory, we saw a little bit of Sawyer. So I wonder if we're going to get more... It's been a while since we've gotten some Sawyer. I don't think mm. we're going to get any more Jack right now. We've gotten so much Jack. Mm. Yeah, I'm going to go Sawyer. I think Sawyer? we're going to get more okay. Sawyer backstory. Um, is Ethan Rom actually dead? Yes, I think Ethan Rom is. Mm. Okay. I don't know. Now that you're saying that, I don't know. He could come back. That's what I, that's what I do. I like to ask questions. Get your mind all up in a tizzy. I think he's really dead. Okay. Do you think Scott's really dead? Yeah. <laughs> I think we've seen the last of Scott. <laughs> we barely saw the beginning of I Scott. <laughs> <laughs> like now that Claire is safe, we're going to get more movement on the hatch or the black rock in the next episode. Okay. Some more mystery stuff. Yeah. Mystery of the island stuff. And I think we're going to get Sawyer's back, some more Sawyer backstory. Okay. What have you been watching, listening to, reading? Well, Pat, I got to tell you, now that we're not doing movie club, I have a lot more yeah. time for reading. <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah, I, I finished. There's only one movie a week. I know, but <laughs> I feel like some of the last movies we watched were like three hours long. Yeah, they were marathon movies. And basically, if Dave and I didn't watch them on a weekend, then then we would have to break them up and watch them for like three nights or something. You know what I mean? Right. So. I actually just made a point to just start reading more. I finished reading the comic that Dave got me. It, I feel weird saying that because it makes it sound like it took a really long time to read, but I had read like the first page or <laughs> Too two. Too many pictures. <laughs> and then I put it down and then I picked it up one night and like finished it in like half an hour. Yeah. Um, but it was really good. It was called The Last Witch and it's right up my alley because it's about, it's got like Celtic mythology in it and herbalism right. and witchy stuff. So I really liked it. Um, mm -hmm. I can't wait for the next one to come out. Um, cool. I'm also reading Come As You Are by Emily Nagoski, which is a really mm -hmm. great book. Um, I recommend it to all women and men, but definitely women. Um, it's all about just understanding like the science of sex. And I'm reading uh, The Golden Compass by Philip Pullman. It's HBO series, His Dark Materials, is based on Philip Pullman's trilogy, His Dark Materials. Um, mm -hmm. And I had read these books a while ago, but I started watching the show and the first season I was like pretty okay following. But then once it started the second season, I got a little bit lost. So I was like, you know what? I need to reread these books. And I've also been reading Dave and I together have been reading The Glass Castle by Sarah J. Moss. It's another. So Sarah J. Moss is the one who wrote A Court of Thorns and Roses series, which is what I told you to tell Amy to read. Mm -hmm. Um and The Glass Castle is a series about uh, the main character is a like a young, like the most powerful assassin in the land. And she's like an 18-year-old woman. Um, so Sounds like Buffy. 
It's a little bit like Buffy, yeah. Um, so it's really <laughs> good. Similar we're only, themes. We're only a couple of chapters in, but we're liking that as well. Cool. And I've been watching Gilmore Girls, Schitt's Creek, and we started watching Demon Slayer, which is an anime that's on Netflix. Um, also sounds like Buffy. Also a little bit like <laughs> Buffy, but it's the main character is a, a young boy whose whole family was killed by a demon, and his sister's like half demon, and he's trying to like cure her, basically. It's really mm. good. You would hate it. Um, and I was <laughs> listening really to the armchair expert Seth Green episode to prepare hmm. for this conversation because I was like, did he ever mention it? Maybe Pat knows. <laughs> How about you? Cool. I have not been reading a thing. So there's that. I did watch a couple movies this past week. Oh, I, watched... I forgot one that I watched. Sorry. Okay, go ahead. I watched... Uh, Dave and I watched one movie this weekend, hmm. which was A Night at the Roxbury, and I hated it. Classic. <laughs> I fucking hated <laughs> that movie. I don't know if I've actually seen it all the way through. I just know the jokes yeah, from it. Yeah, you probably just fell asleep watching it because it was awful. Yeah, so for me, I watched a couple movies, both of which we rented from Redbox. We rented Bad Boys for Life, which is the third Bad Boys movie Oh. which I have been really excited to watch because I'm a big fan of the first two. They're just silly and ridiculous, directed by Michael Bay. I haven't seen any of those. Will Smith and Martin Lawrence, they're hilarious together. They're so funny. And the movies are ridiculous and the action is so stupid and fun. So we watched that. I had a great time. So much fun. And then we brought it back and we rented Little Women. <laughs> so you had... <laughs> Bad Boys and Little Women. <laughs> yeah. The New Little Women, uh, which was directed by Greta Gerwig, and it came out in 2019. It has uh, Hermione Granges in it, Emma Watson. I feel like well I did not know about Saoirse. this. Yeah, it kind of came and went. It was a smaller movie, but it was up for Oscars and such. Mm. So it made a bit of a splash, but it was, you know, on the indie side. Okay. And it was hard to find, too. That's why I had to rent it at the Redbox. I couldn't, like, stream it anywhere. Like, they wanted you to buy it for, like, $15 oh, yeah. digitally. So I was like, okay, I guess I'm going to the Redbox. Who else was in it? You started to say something. Uh, Saoirse Ronan. I don't know who that and is. And also Meryl Streep is in it. You Are you on a Meryl Streep kick? Oh, I'm so I'm always on a Meryl Streep kick. <laughs> Kidding me? Who isn't? She's fantastic. Yeah. We started to watch Birds of Prey, which was just could not get into it. Yeah. And it was just, it was so manic and crazy. Like I like crazy yeah. and I like stupid, but it was so out there. So, we shut that off. We went back to Sherlock. So, we've been going through the Sherlock episodes. We're on season 2 now. So, we've been watching that in Shit's Creek. And that's Schitt's all Creek is I have to say about that. Yeah, I love Shit's Creek. I Very do too. It. I just have a hard time with uh, the mayor. Or yeah, the, the guy the who t- plays Roland Shit. Chris Elliott. Chris Elliott can't. Yeah, he's one so of those. So does Melissa. Melissa hates him too. Uh, she can't stand him. Finally, yeah. finally, someone who has the same disdain that I do for. She's a like, male I just found him so disgusting. Yeah, he's always disgusting. disgusting. I mean, I'm pretty yeah. sure the first time I saw him was in something about Mary, and he's super gross in that you ever have a white head on your eyeball mary god it's so (laughs) gross yeah and that's just like he's definitely typecast as like being gross and everything yeah yeah but it's fun show fun show show. great times good times okay should we wrap this thing up yeah let's wrap it up 
All right, everybody, listen, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. Always rate us five stars if you can and leave us a nice review. And always tell your friends how much you love Sammy and Pat here at Kicking and Streaming. (laughs) (laughs) Spread the love, man. Spread the word. You sound like a hippie. Spread the love. Yeah, man. man. Yeah, man. Just hug your friends. Pass the joint. Well, no. Actually, don't no. don't hug your friends. Don't pass anything. All oh, right, you can't do that anymore. <laughs> Hippie is very out right it now. It is. <laughs> um, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at KickstreamPod, and send us emails to KickstreamPod at gmail.com. But if you're, you know, if you want to talk spoilers or anything, just make sure you indicate which show has spoilers that you're talking about in the subject line. That would be great so we can direct your email appropriately. And check out show notes for this and every episode at kickingstreaming.com. Good times. Yeah, thank you for listening. And always remember... That streaming... Is... Better... With... Friends. friends. Look at that. That that sounds really creepy. Nah, they love it. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, everyone. See ya. Bye.